going on you guys it's quincy jones go along with my incomparable co-host the hip-hop hybrid himself the hip-hop hybrid doc lesnar if you're gonna give me an introduction you know what i'm saying talk me in the building but we have a special show for you guys today uh we're gonna grind out a little bit of the predictions for money in the bank uh talk a little bit of the fallout between raw and smackdown because it was pretty good this week but also we have a special 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 uh interview with uh i mean man the hour he's the man of the hour i mean what more can we say leo rush is actually going to be featured on the show today uh so stay tuned for that but um i mean straight away man there's been uh, a lot of good things going on wrestling was uh pretty good this week i mean we're coming off the hills of dominion uh with another six-star match from kenny and uh and okada that was a phenomenal match that was man. a great match uh, i mean it did, you know uh, shout out to brian andrew over at the uh at the brand split podcast he had hit us up asking about the match I told I, mean, I felt like it was a totally different match. Told told a great story. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily better than the first, but it was good. You know, uh, wrestling was good for for a lot of wrestling fans uh, everywhere. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, and again, like you said, shouts to Brian Andrew, Gray Area TV. Yeah, you know, Brand Split, uh, and I guess Young Baka. What's up? He'll he'll, <laughs> he'll manager extraordinaire. What's going on? Exactly, but no, nah, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, he had asked how it was, uh, you know, and uh, we kind of had similar uh, answers. You and I, yeah. um, it was a great match, phenomenal match. Uh, I think it's definitely on par with its, uh, you know, the the one that they the did before. Yeah, you know? it was it was good. I mean, both yeah, matches. It's are a different great. story. I yeah. think you know, same intensity. So it just it, it was just I, I I was amazed, man. You know, they, they did uh, they put on a show that only New Japan could do. You know, and um, I, I mean even. Better than that, only Okada and uh, Kenny Omega, you know, two of the top caliber talents in the world of wrestling today. You know, those guys put on a great show. Um, you know, to me, the only, I think, minute criticism I could say is there was just so many finishers being thrown uh, in terms of, like, the Rainmaker and... and you, know, oh, you mean, like, the falls, the false finishes yeah, and everything? Yeah, that, that's what you do. But, that, yeah, I was going to say, that's New Japan style for some reason. I mean, they, they like the false finishes. They like... I don't know. I mean, like, and, and, and I always notice, like, their their three counts for the false finishes are, like, noticeably, like, dramatic and stuff yeah. like that, too. So after a while, yeah, I, like, I mean, I think that was, I think I want to say when I was talking to John and Jamal the last time regarding their first match, that was, like, my only only takeaway, negative takeaway I could, you know, and that's only because I, I noticed certain stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I, I loved uh, the whole uh, Cody Rhodes uh, involvement trying to throw the towel and everything. Oh, yeah, man, that, that was definitely different. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't follow the product as much as I used to, as far as New Japan, because you know I, I, I haven't signed up for for their uh, their whole streaming service and stuff like that. But you know, I catch it when I can. Um, I'm not going to tell you how I catch it, but <laughs> when I do catch it, you know, I do pick up on certain things, especially you know with Cody Rhodes challenging uh, Okada for the uh, New Japan World Title. In such a disrespectful fashion. It's, it's, hey, it's, you know, anybody that listens to the show, that you know, I'm a big, big Dusty Rhodes fan. Yep. And, uh, I did have a chance to actually do a meet and greet with uh, Cody Rhodes, took a photo, got a signature, all that stuff. Really cool guy. But it's really been 
just an awesome experience watching him flourish uh, in a place that really appreciates his talents, not only on the indies, but in a place like New Japan. But, like, yeah, man, he would spit water in Okada's face. <laughs> that would, that would, I'm sorry. That was awesome. Oh, that, no, that was I, pure, I'm not mad at it whatsoever. Da- dastardly heel tactics 101. Like, I mean, I mean, and it reminds me of, like, when he first came in when he was doing the whole Jay Lethal thing in ROH. And, yeah. The, you know what I mean? Just... just he, make first, a name. He's out there making a name. Yeah, you know I, I mean? just love the way he sheds that heel persona. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit, you know. Uh, but I agree that power struggle with uh, Fale was there, and uh, yeah, you know, and, and Hangman the Page Bucks telling him no. Yeah, yeah, that was really well done by everybody involved. No, no, that, you know, that yeah, that, there wasn't a whole bunch of over like it wasn't too much involvement from people. I, the one of my favorite parts is when like they're about to like throw him the towel, and then you know. uh Kenny Omega kind of just like wakes up out of nowhere, hits him with the jumping knee, turns around into the uh, inverted Frankensteiner. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed the, the you know Bullet Club's in front uh, from as far as the hard camera uh, view is concerned, and just their reaction is like, oh man, squad's there, I got to go for the squad. It, it was awesome. Like, oh yeah, it was like it's almost like he realized what was about to happen. Yeah. He sensed the concern of because a lot of it was look at him, look at him. He can't continue, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, um, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't even stand. I mean, like he went for the the rainmaker and he just like he he missed because he collapsed. Oh yeah, yeah. That, dude, that was a that, that was, was a good very spot. well it's done. Great timing. Man. No, that was. But yeah, I liked it because it was you know, and it's kind of crazy because you know he went the distance with Okada before, so yeah. it was kind of. Uh, very u- unique how they came out with concern for his well-being at that point. I mean, it's very well known after the last one. He kind of, I don't want to say he went into hiding, but he kind of laid low. Yeah, it took, took some time to recharge. His yeah, batteries. you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it was cool to see that concern. It's not just a gang mentality. Yeah, They're really yeah. worried about uh, the perceived leader of the crew. But yeah, you're right. And it was almost like, a, you know what? I can't go out like this. And he just had a burst of energy that says, I need to show them that there is signs of life in terms of Omega. Yeah. I mean, concerned. and yeah, he, that was awesome. That was a great match. Towel, wipe this face. I mean, if you would have hit, yeah, hit the I one, think he the, threw the, it away, right? Yeah. Then Okada if you would have hit the one we named, that would have been a great, great spot, even if it was a false finish. But you know, you say they went the distance. Dude, we were watching that match and we we're like, dude, that was an hour match. Yeah, that did not feel like it. Didn't hour. even feel like we were just so captivated by it. Uh, it was a draw. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a, a 60, it was basically an Iron Man draw. 60 with no minute, sudden death or no, no, like pinfalls, as they used to say the day, the, it was a 60 minute Broadway, you know, and uh, yeah, that, that was, it was really good old school elements, man. But yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was good. But did you, I mean, uh, you catch her all this week? I did. I was going to say, like, moving on. I mean, like, followed by that. I mean, you know, we were coming off the hills of that. And then Raw just opened up really. I yeah, mean, that was one me, of the best opens Raw's had. I was just going to say, to me, with, uh, since the, the whole superstar shakeup, I arguably, and you know, come at me, bro. Twitter, Quincy Jones show. What up? <laughs> arguably, probably the one of the best. Intros starting to a raw since they saw they changed up the roster, man. I mean, I have to say they definitely proved me wrong with the intention of what Samoa Joe was there to do when he came in. I, you know, it was cool. He had the whole thing against him and Roman this first night. I wasn't too much a fan of that match. It was whatever. I kind of felt like he fell a little bit to the wayside. He wasn't on mania. He was on fast lane, but wasn't on mania at all in any capacity. Uh, kind of a stop, you know, start and stop kind of thing. And then he started, you know, he got involved with Seth, uh, you know, had a little, you know, pushed out a few miles on that feud for a little bit. Then it seemed like they were going to do it even longer. And I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. But man, he came out even last week, the, the you know, the whole deal with him and Heyman where he, he got him into Coquina. Great TV. Great oh, yeah. TV. I mean, I, and then followed by this week with Brock showing up. That's how you start a freaking up. That's how you make people care about your main event. 
at a pay-per-view called Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, no, 100%. I've been a huge Samoa Joe advocate since, you know, TNA and, and ROH, everything man. under the sun in terms of indies. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't, I kind of agree. I don't think it was so much start-stop as, you know, there's a lot of guys who have that start-stop. You know, Harper is one of the guys that they start oh, stocking and then they stop his momentum. Uh, but I think it was one of those things where it's timing, you know, I mean, he didn't really, I mean, we obviously said Joe should have at least been in the Memorial Battle Royal, if anything, if he was going to be on anything, but, or at least appeared in the, Something. in the Triple H, uh, Seth Rollins. Which saga. that was, I thought that was weird because it was a quote unquote unsanctioned. Yeah, exactly. There was a, a, yeah, there's no rules, you know. You know, the, the sledgehammer made an appearance, but no appearance by Samoa. Exactly. But no, I mean, I think when he came in, I agree with you, the match with Roman, very huge contrast of styles. Um, I don't think Roman knows how to work that style. Um, but you know, yeah, Joe, I mean, he, he was, uh, the only thing I could say is I think would be just phenomenal is that if he had stayed undefeated this entire time mm. and then his first he, like really big task, uh, that was, you know, could really threaten that undefeated streak was Brock could own. That's the only thing I think could have really you know made this uh bad puns, the whole fire like, yeah you know burn higher you know what yeah I'm yeah but i agree with you man like last week uh you know coquina clutch the way he even told Heyman, right now I'm gonna put my arm that was awesome neck. you and, know it's just and joe's I, I, I just great to go back that. and describe it in, in grave detail only the way i know you can do it and yeah, i was like exactly. man this is this is like some movie shit right yeah, now. Joe's you know I mean? always been a great promo when it comes to soliciting violence, 100%. And so when he made good on that in the form of Heyman, and then, I mean, that headbutt out the gate, I was like, oh, that was awesome. who, who does that to Brock of all people? Maybe Taker. I mean, Taker wouldn't do a headbutt, but, you know, who who take, who take draws first blood? Against Brock, yeah. yeah the only person you know that, that did who paid for it gravely yeah. was Heath. But, you know, he said he didn't give a shit about his kids. But, yeah, you know, I mean, big up to Heath. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to not say something to a guy who says yeah, that to you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, family, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get killed, but let me at least yeah. swing. You got the rub. Let, let me throw a swing for my kids real quick. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know definitely. what I mean? And my double wide, baby. <laughs> no. Man, you know what? And um, the only thing, too, that was kind of crazy was like, you know, guys, you know, it was cool to see the whole locker room come out. It was kind of uh, resembling of the Taker brawl in the back with Taker and, and Brock. And, you know, they were getting their whole program started almost a year ago, maybe two years ago. I'd yeah. Say. But um, it was just weird, too, to see guys like Kalisto and Enzo yeah, out there. I remember you, like, yeah, come on, the man. smaller like, guys are like. Yeah, it's like Brock aside, Enzo and, and Kalisto aren't holding back a Samoa Joe. And, and we were talking like even the, the jobber, quote unquote, like the security guards were bigger than both those guys. And they got oh, demolished yeah. in like seconds. Yeah. So it's like. Definitely, so, yeah. oh, Kalisto and Enzo, who actually have gear on, is going to. You know. Oh, yeah. Also, like, oh, you guys are on the card today. They got names and theme music, but yeah. 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 And then I thought it was also weird, too, that you, when you see guys like Enzo and Carl Anderson in the same corner holding, trying to hold back Brock when they're going to face Remember, each other. I, I was telling card. you, like, Cass is right, right next to freaking Scott Dawson. Yeah. And, and Dash. And I'm like, you guys got, like, eternal beef. Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know I mean, mean, and if not from NXT, at least recently from the accusations yeah. going with the around. Sprinkling you know? of, oh, oh, they're in the back with their bags and all that. But, hey, no, it's just top guys uh, doing top guy stuff. Then, you know, you know, you know speaking of which, uh, how do you, how do you feel about the whole, how they handled the whole, like, big ass? Uh, Enzo and like the Big Show thing, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it, um, it definitely is. I don't think Big Show's the one, but yeah. I, I no, thought no, yeah. to to go back up that tree with yeah. that, I, I thought that wasn't a bad thing. It I mean, wasn't like yeah. we see Show in any part of you know bad pun in any part of the show these yeah. these weeks. So 
Um, I didn't even think he was going to be end up being Enzo's partner, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was just going to get jumped. Uh, we, you know, I thought pretty much what happened this week, I thought it was going to happen last week with like a, a herd big cast, like, no, I'm still going to go out there. I don't care. Um, which, you know, I big ups to big cast. He actually played that up pretty well. Um, I, I'd say, you know, he's sitting there in there fighting, but then he's also like actually selling that he's still a herd and he's kind of out of it. So I thought it was pretty good, pretty good look. Um, he sold, you know, his, his emotion looking at a uh, big show kind of, yeah, you know, no, cozied he, up with, with Enzo kind of well as well. Yeah, he did that um, pretty well. And, and I have to give my hat off to, uh, take my hat off to big show because I felt like the way he reacted backstage later when, uh, Enzo caught up with them, um, it's like, you know, I got to ask him, he said it was the one hit hardest hit he's ever had, you know, beautiful threading there. Uh, and, and just in case you guys didn't see, uh, you know, the revival sneaking off in the back, you know, it definitely added a little bit of a, well, well did he did it? You know, it, it, it was believable for once, WWE. You're doing it, you're doing it pretty well. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, obviously I think it's going to lead to revival and Zoe and Cass, obviously. I don't know if this is leading to Cass versus Big Show, potentially, maybe next week. Uh, hopefully not at Great Balls. I mean, I don't think anyone, I mean, two big guys, but I mean, like, and I'll be honest. I got no interest. You get one kind of match from Big Show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, mean minus but, the Braun Strowman, but that was a whole different circumstance. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a size versus size gargantuan, yeah. you know, person versus. And then also because like you know Bray or Bray Braun, you know, he actually knows how to do the kip ups and stuff like that. I can't say the same for for Big Cat. I don't know. I just don't have any interest in seeing them two. And I just feel like we just need to get the payoff of what's going on. I mean, in my opinion, Cass is doing it to himself, or. uh Top guys in the building doing top guy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Which I, I would really very much love the top guys, the revival to be the ones behind it. Um, but you know, there's been, there's been some, uh, as they say, uh, in the workforce, some scuttlebutt, <laughs> some rumors going around that, um, it looks like Vince is looking to separate Enzo and Cass sometime soon, which I, I just don't see why. I mean, they're selling a lot of merch, yeah. especially towards the PG era. Those which guys. Which is what are, they want. Yeah, you know, and at the same time, at least give them a a, a, a title reign. They they, you know, they they were robbed of that in NXT 100%. multiple times. Yeah, uh, which I still won't ever understand why. Not, not to say they needed a lengthy run with it, but I mean, no. it just made no sense for every. I mean, everything that they did down there is what obviously brought them up here. But it's like again, if if they're gonna, it's all for what they're gonna team for so long just to never hold yeah. any type of title, like because let's be honest, before DIY came around, those guys were the hottest face tag team they had down there. One hundred percent. That was even before the revivals started really picking up steam with how how deep they were going into their heel pockets of uh, dastardly deeds. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? yeah. And, um, you know, and and it's kind of crazy to think they had that kind of reception. I mean, because let's be, they were getting pops in NXT, you know, Dude, and they, like yeah. even when they made the, they were being, you know, a lot of people were hoping they would make the jump, the main roster, even before they made the jump, the main yeah, roster. They so, were ready for a while. Yeah, you know, so at, at the same time, it's not default tag division on Raw is stale, very stale, you know, um, with, with you know, obviously the bar and the Hardys are kind of switching it up, but we need more, you know, that's what it is to me. If they don't have the roster depth to make guys look good, it's a lot of the same matchups over and over and over. I, you know? I think this is the thing. They have the roster depth to make guys, look, but they don't use all the tag teams. Exactly. Like, I mean, like we, we've seen, and it was, I was thinking, uh, and uh, you know, we haven't seen, um, we saw the club, you know, this week, but before yeah, that, I was thinking like against Enzo and Cass. Yeah. You know, and then, but before the revival became like a suspect in the Enzo case and you know what I mean? I was thinking, you know, we haven't seen these guys in a while. Maybe it's them, you know, but then again, I'm like, I, I was like, kind of like, okay, can we, not, 
can we not see Enzo and Cass versus the, uh, the club again? We've seen it so many times. Um, they have a good hand of tag teams. I think that maybe one more tag team will be good, but you're right to take away a tag team at this point. What, I mean, who are the faces? It's just Hardy Boys, right? Yeah, man. You know, you and they'd be, the, they'd be the only faces. I mean, and then plus, yeah, I think they already took over. They split up uh, Golden Truth. I was just going to you know say, I mean? which, so, I, which is a good, which, yeah, which is wasn't a, even, it's, it's necessary. It's, it's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I don't know how many mileage you're going to get out of both guys as far as putting, getting eyes on a product. Goldust is doing well, but as far as the tag team, yeah, I mean, I think it's smart that they don't. I mean, there's, I don't see Enzo doing a whole lot by himself because no. he doesn't win by himself. You feel me? Like, yeah. so it's like he can talk the talk, but when it comes to walking the walk, he's just going to be like a walking kind of joke. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, even their finish is not, he can't, it's not, the, the, the he's got to get thrown yeah. onto a guy. Well, he does the, the GDT, which is like the second row DDT. Oh, is that what he calls that? Yeah, but like he doesn't, I mean, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, I mean unless he wants to get up there and do a splash himself. Which is not, you know, he essentially does, you know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, well, speaking, you brought up the bar. That that two out of three false match was very well done. I I don't know about the finish. Yeah, I was just saying, I can't I can't comment on the finish, but the bro kick out the gate, very very creative. Uh, I enjoyed Matt delete. He went full full broken on him. Yeah. Uh, that was a great spot, you know him. Just, just the turnbuckle smashes all the way down. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that, that uh, was to awesome. the side effect onto the apron. It, it was, it was a pretty good, pretty good spot. Um, I enjoyed the match. I mean, for a change, I was getting a little bit tired of these two fighting each other. The steel cage match was actually pretty good from um, Extreme Rules. I didn't know what to expect. You know, a steel cage match. No, I had a big gripe about that because I felt like you know, in terms of Extreme Rules and usually what the vibe is. It just did not feel like, you know, even, don't get me wrong, the, the five-way was good, but I felt like there wasn't enough, ex, like, yeah, we got a barricade spot, yeah. Was a t- that was probably the coolest part, no, was the frog splash on the yeah. table from Seth. But, you know, there's, you know, Finn was swinging a good chair, but I just feel like shouldn't have, it shouldn't have, like, there have been three chairs in the ring. It's not, like, there should have been chair wars. At, at I mean, between, point, like, know? the, I think, was there three? No, there was three faces and two heels. So. Yeah. You know, which was cool because then you got to see Joe and Bray, you know, but not and to I go down that too far. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. That's that cage matches I thought was really cool in terms of the story. I thought it was going to lead to maybe Matt realizing that he's, you know, he, Jeff is, you know, kind of, he's got to carry Jeff a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Or something like that because Jeff had to go back in the cage and, and then it was kind of because of Jeff taking that big risk that they didn't win the, the cage match and, um, I'm not sure if I thought maybe this, you know, him getting taken the first fall so quickly as well mm-hmm. this week. I thought for sure we were going to see some sort of continuity in that direction. But um, and I don't know, you know, you've already made the the, co- uh, the correlation that some guys must have been watching Dominion. If not for that uh, bicycle knee. I got I got uh, crucified for that comment, by the way. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked at it. I just laughed. I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. Like, you know, because they, they took me serious. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, IWC is never going to be satisfied, but it, I mean, I, yeah, we had, we saw the knee, the the similar knee that Omega does, yeah, you know, the famous hit, yeah, on was it Matt Hardy, I believe, yeah, it was Matt. But then it's also like the double countout kind of seemed like a similar finish of like a draw, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, I mean, it essentially was, and that's what he said. It went to a draw because it was like one fall and then second fall and then. 
you know, nobody did was a double count out. So I ended up, I mean, it, you can't just, you can't disqualify both and someone wins. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like, you know, great, obviously a great open for Raw, but I almost feel like maybe they should have swapped the main event for the open, you know, because, uh, you know, know, it was a good well, match to watch, but it just did not feel like a main event. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I respectfully disagree. I was actually going to say that I thought it was, I had a good spot on the card and made people, uh, care about the tag team division as you were saying it's kind of diminishing or kind of on, on hold because there's not a whole lot of teams that add the depth to it i thought by making it and I, I enjoyed the way they promoted it throughout the night i thought it was a good spot for it at the end um and the only reason why i have to say that they needed to open like that is because game five was on or uh the game um pardon i don't i'm not following the finals but the, they were they were going head to head and where was, they had to like it was, get the title, people. it was the finals match yeah. yeah they had to get people you know watching you know even though there's people probably more watching the finals even though there's probably more people watching the finals so you know they they definitely had to get people hooked real quick so i mean it was like what a 10 10 minute segment it didn't even last that long but it was it was a great opener i mean there wasn't a whole lot of downs uh as far as like you know low points and raw I will say that I did not enjoy, and you know me, I am a drifter advocate of, of sorts. I mean, he got they the had a shit match. Him and Dean Ambrose had a yeah, shit. Yeah, match. that was a trash match, man. Um, I don't know because I, I asked you, I was like, I was like, it looked like they got lost, correct? I was like, it yeah, looked like maybe point, Elias was trying to figure out what was. What yeah, the I don't was, know but. if the chemistry was. I mean, I don't even know if these two really have the chemistry. I kind of already knew once the you know that week that Dean was going around being a mean Dean. And uh, Drifter was like in his backswing a little bit, you yeah, know, yeah. and, and uh, asking, "Oh, do you know this song, or whatever?" I kind of had a, I had a feeling him and Drifter would kind he would be like the his appetizer to, to get on the uh, roster. And I hate saying that because Dean being a former the world champion, 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 you know, but intercontinental champion, you know, tag team facts are facts, you know. And I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there was a few segments like that, like um, he, you know, like last week with the cameraman thing. Like Dean's done that already. That okay, that that irked me because I was like, we've seen this before. 100%. Dean Ambrose and then and then uh I think it was what this week with the the bear, the the bear outfit. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, why which don't get me wrong, cameraman, kudos, because I didn't even see the switcheroo on that. You know what I'm saying? So it was a little better. It was obvious though, because they never show like you rarely actually get to see an actual cameraman in the ring while they're using. Oh yeah, camera, no, that, you know yeah. The I mean? week before was like as soon as it went back to the ring, I was like, "That's Dean." Yeah, because we haven't even seen that shot yet. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying. And and so obviously the camera wasn't even rolling, and that's yeah. Sense, you and they wouldn't even yeah. They they would make sure he's not on camera unless it's on purpose. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know, man. That that match. You know what was what was really trash to me though was that Cedric Noam Dar segment with. The like FaceTime over the loudspeaker, oh, like that was atrocious, man. I mean, it wasn't bad, but to do it throughout the whole match, yeah. That I mean, because you know, obviously they've done phone stuff like that before with like Tyler Breeze and you know just yeah, just, exactly. So, but but at the same time, it was just like I put like this. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. You know, Alicia Fox, I, I can't stand her or her. Well, she's like, good at, she's, at her no, role. she's yeah. I'm not taking away anything from her athletically in the ring. I just can't stand her character. Like to me, it's like I really don't know why she's so wrapped up in the two hundred five live guys. It doesn't really do anything for Noam, and I well, already didn't have all around over there. You know, Noam Noam had a name, but I don't really see Noam as a one of those guys in cruise in the cruiserweight division anymore, and that's partially due to his booking. Yeah, I, I feel like once he drops Fox, it's, it's yeah, going to be you know, something. Like I, I mean, oh, it's great to see a, a lumbar check. You know what I mean? So that was cool, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I play this. The only the great the the only good thing that came out of it is that Cedric is, as far as I know, I didn't catch two hundred five live. I hope this is uh, the deal, but he's done with them. He can move on. We didn't, you know, uh, us as fans don't, you know, we we didn't want to see him come back just to get back into but these these two. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Yo, Neville did some work on money. Oh, Neville! Oh, his his mic work was great too. Oh, it's, it usually is, but yeah, he he uh, had a great presence on Raw. No, he, I mean, he usually does, man. Like, and that's one thing I like. It's like you know, uh, he he usually knows what he needs. He knows his character. You've said it before on the show. He's he's he has a a. He knows exactly who he is when he's out there, when he's on the mic, when he's in the ring. He knows exactly how to uh, express that character and get the most out of that character, which is great because, you know, we we saw him, you know, what, maybe a few years ago before he got hurt. And he was just like the new Evan Bourne, so to speak. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but yeah, he did great as usual. Um, is, he, is he looking for, does he have an opponent coming up? For, oh, yeah. They, they keep poking at Akira, right? That That's supposedly what they've been uh oh with cedric no no no. i'm talking about akira and neville oh yeah yeah i, I do hear that's that's yeah because i think i don't know if that's a 205 live specific thing titus said you know he's doing yeah, titus yeah. brand he Trying has to a tweet it. alluding to, to you know he needs to be the next cruiserweight champion or whatever so but uh you know i was gonna say too is we got emma returning that was uh, dude you know i thought that was great a lot of people were they didn't care and i'm like what like we need that depth. Like yeah, we need more than they've just... yet to see what she can do. I think a lot That's of true. people who are That's excited true. have not seen her work in NXT. Uh, but it's a lot of start stop, and it's not really so much a push as much as it's injury. You know, so I, you know, what's ironic? Uh, I was going to say too that we got uh, Zach Ryder returning the same week as Emma, even though they're not an item. Anymore. Uh, they're not. <laughs> oh no! I yeah, didn't know Zach Ryder's they... dating Chelsea Green, bro. What? Yeah. That's a downgrade. Yeah, which I think is why maybe a while back when I was telling you about the whole, you know, talking smack thing when Renee asked him about, um, you know, dating Emma, uh, mm. I think that's why he was just kind of like, uh, uh, we're live here, buddy. You know? Yeah. Oh, uh, kind of try to play it off and say, I need to talk to you later about this, which crazy. I thought man. it was a weird moment. But yeah, man. Um, but no, it was cool to see Emma back. And I agree with you. We need the depth. Um, I, man, you know what? The one thing I could say too is Naya, man, for Naya to put out that tweet, about not, you know, SD at least using the whole roster. It's like, well, if you're going to say that, then back it up in the ring because I'm just not seeing it, man. Like, it was a slow burn, a, a slow progress building, but she I, she's just not impressing me. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, I don't Naya? know if it's because she's, you know, they let off the pedal with her a little bit for a few weeks. I, I would have to her. say so because she hasn't really beat anybody. I mean, like, she has, but mm, she has been featured. I'm glad they're continuing the storyline, but, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to – Build stock when there's no one really to build stock. Exactly. I mean, look at you compared to like the the no the, like the locals or whoever. You should beat them. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know exactly. I mean? So yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, I did enjoy Alexa uh, as always. Oh yeah, she was she's always phenomenal. great on the mic. Though I get again crucified for saying that, but you know, come at me, bro. <laughs> but I, dude, I mean, it's the person. Sometimes this is the, this is why I like Alexa. She doesn't need to wrestle every week. But she's still, I mean, obviously, yeah, we're not going to, you know, we're going to address the elephant in the room with the This Is Your Life segment. I don't know who greenlit that. I thought it was smart for the week after, which was last week, to have her say, oh, you know, go up to Angle and say, how about This Is My Life? And him to shit on it and say oh, that yeah. was the worst rated, you know, which was great. You know, wipe your hands of it, move on. Yeah, there's no doubts that it was. Yeah, so it was yeah. No one's, yeah. But and there were people who really enjoyed it and thought it was funny. And I, I just, I, you know, the thing is. Alexa delivered it good, but the whole segment, you know, in terms of, of what it, like the effect it was supposed to have, the desired result, 
that that thing fell flat for me, man. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, with that, as far as what the direction was, I mean, yeah, nothing. I don't, I don't you know, know whose mean? idea that was. I mean, and I get it. You're trying to like, oh, we're going to get Bailey angry and she's going to come and try to swing a kendo stick and not. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and I don't she, know if maybe if because the original This Is Your Life was with two faces that were an odd couple. You know what I'm saying? Well, everyone's in on the joke. You got true. The Rock. Clearly a fan favorite who can't stand McFoley, who's clearly the underdog fan favorite. There's a lot to play off there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? They're sympathizing with Mick's attempts to connect it, with Exactly. Them. You know, you had the yeah. jackets and you had... Yeah, the, oh, the jackets. Oh, see if they had like those chalk line jackets or something like that. Yeah, you know, but but then you got a heel in there who's see, working by herself in like three... should have done something like that. What was that? Maybe her and uh, Sasha, you know, leading to maybe a Sasha Hill turn on her. That that should have been something. Well, like I'm waiting for Sasha Alexis. I think that'll be good. But I, oh, I, yeah, I just feel like... Alexa being in there with three unnamed actors who are supposed to be people from Bailey's past and help like, carry the not, segment. Yeah, you're not giving her enough rope, you know. So yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the only other thing I want to address is I want to actually ask how you feel because I know you are a Seth Rollins guy. I'm a Bray Wyatt guy. Um, I thought they they had a really cool tit for tat. You know, also you know, I you know not, not to take totally away from from uh, the whole segment or or just uh, Bray and Seth period, but uh, you know it's hard to ignore. The other elephant in the room, you know, the whole news with him and JoJo, uh, there was there was actually a lack of JoJo chance, which I want to maybe attribute that to them being in Louisiana. And, you know, the whole play on him being from Baton Rouge or the, you know, the back, the backwoods, the swamps of like swamps. Yeah. You know, so I thought maybe that I mean, I, I a little bit difference in like when Xavier and Paige had the whole thing going and then, you know, JoJo and and, uh, and Bray. So, you know, there wasn't, and I, I was actually surprised that they actually had JoJo work that night yeah, too. I thought so, so too. Um, but I'll, yeah, I, but again, back to business. I thought the, the Bray and Seth thing was interesting. I mean, I just hope it's not going to be just another Seth Samoa Joe type thing. Uh, as far as like the style of feud, I'm hoping that, I don't know, ever since Bray's come to raw, I feel like they've put a little bit more stock into him. Now, hundred percent. I think. I mean, that's the only reason he dropped the belt um, was to come over to Raw and be the in better that focal point, heavyweight yeah. pool of talent. You know what I'm saying? Because which is great because um, some guys get the mention and, ne- and never even win the title. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Get the title Very matches, true. and you know. Um, and I, the thing that I think I just hope is it Bray doesn't become the next Dolph Ziggler case. You know what I'm saying? Get touches the belt a couple times, uh, not a lengthy run, and then you're just always just chasing the title that eludes you in a longer reign, you know, and kind of like, you know, and I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm glad that the fans didn't turn the whole segment into crap by, you know, using the news of Jojo and Bray, yeah. which I think a lot of people are kind of patting Bray on the back. You know, you go ahead and go, I mean, wow, if Bray's got a chance, yeah. you know, I, I got a chance. I got a couple pounds and I got a big beard, you know, what's up? And mind you, the Quincy Jones show is not, you know, we don't condone, you know, Infidelity. stepping outside your marriage or, cause I guess she, yeah, it's legit. I guess she, uh, Jojo was dating, um, the son of a uh, Leon white Vader. Um, so now, were they dating or were they married? Cause I, I no, also, no, I don't think Jojo's married. I know okay. Bray Bray's married, which I didn't know until this news came out. I didn't think any, I didn't, not that he can't get married. I didn't think he, I didn't know he was married. So, and then the fact that his wife is like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that, uh, they've been, um, you know, cozying up together. And what's crazy is, uh, this uh, account that I actually follow, uh, WrestleHeads, they actually found a picture that someone took of them arriving together. They don't know how long ago it was, when it was, how recent, how, you know, but it, they're clearly, it's, you know, JoJo's coming out the passenger, Bray, you could tell he's getting his bags from the trunk, but they're in this, they, they came mm-hmm. together. Now how often does talent and, you know, 
ring staff, I, I guess I'll call them announcers, commentators ride together, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's you know, but I, I like I, I tweeted today. I thought it was awesome. He steered, he stayed the course. He didn't, uh, he, he, he touched didn't on it a little bit, a little bit in the promo. He said something about, you know, not listening to what people say about him. Yeah. But what, the, but that could also just, you know, it's, it's so broad that it relates to his character anyway, you know? But yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, with their, both of their mic work is always pretty good, you know, and, um, they both know how to tell stories in the ring. I'm just, Hoping, uh, you know, Seth's been doing a lot of work with bigger guys, and I don't know about you, his work rate seems to kind of been a little sloppy to, you know, for my taste lately. Yeah. Um, I, I know he's still working out hurt somewhat, but, um, I think, you know, these guys both also have that deep history of the Shield versus the Wyatts, you know, so, and they're both from NXT, you know, and so I think you're right. I think them both being polarizing figures, whether face or heel, it's going to be a good program for all involved, you know? And, uh, you know, one, one last thing before we go on our first break, uh, I had to bring this up because this is something you, I don't want to say you came up with the name, so to speak, uh, but you've been talking about this for quite some time, not necessarily on the air, but between me and uh, McFly. Oh, you're talking about the entourage. Thing. Yeah, I was going to say, how hyper you were, you know, when The Miz came and said, do you want to join my entourage? And I'm like, yo, yeah, Doc's been talking about this I, with I the mean, name and everything. And I'm I, like, th- I thought, honestly, Heath would be a good start be, to that. Honestly, yeah. He's got the great energy for that. I fully expected in that match where the bear came out and all that stuff. First of all, those bear puns were atrocious. Yeah. Um, all those guys should, should just like seriously need to reevaluate. You know, I, I I'm pretty sure Vince was pumping oh, all those into those headphones. You know what I'm saying? I get it, but it was over the top. It was too heavy. Yeah. Even even down to I think uh, Cole used the wrong pun at the end and, yep. and and say Smokey and the Bear when it's Smokey and the Bandit. He yeah. Was trying yeah. to look to Smokey the Bear. Nonetheless. Um, yeah, I thought, honestly, I thought Heath was going to turn on Rhino. Yeah. He looked like he had the body see, language and, like he and was. That's another tag team we forgot. You know, in the tag team pool, but they have, dude, they've been here and they haven't done nothing. Yeah. I mean, they've been here a couple of weeks now, but except being in the background with Cheese Whiz and when Braun's attacking Kalisto, like, you know, it, that's, it hasn't been much. You're right. They haven't been on, I mean, I think they were in that turmoil match for the number one contender, um, you know, uh, uh, when the bar won to go against the Hardys. Yeah, yeah, Other than right. that, yeah, you're right. They haven't done much, but I would not have been mad to see these guys split up. No. Um, you no, know, their know. course is kind of run, you know, they, they needed Heath to get over. He got over, he's got kids, Rhino, he's running for mayor or whatever it is of his town. Um, you I know, mean, all, he, he lost, it's not even an active, uh, campaign anymore. Okay. So yeah, yeah, it's it's so get this guy back, you know, he could be. A good mid card guy, you know, get him versus versus Miz. That could have been easy to be done, but yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, I was pretty pumped that there was a possibility like of talk, a right? to be assembled, but on screen talk about it. Yeah, yeah but it, it's just it, yeah, exactly. So I hope he goes somewhere, but it, it didn't, you know. But I think for in terms of Raw, he turning to join the answer, you know, entourage, even if it was for a future IC title match, yeah. which we know probably wouldn't have happened yeah, at any yeah, point. Exactly. Um, it, I think it would have been better. Too. I mean, people would have watched it though. You know what I mean? Like exactly. You could have had him turn, and then he could have been on Miz TV next week. Yeah. To be honest, like I was talking to some, uh, to, to uh, Brian Andrew again, and we were thinking because we we're talking about uh, you know Goldus had a pretty pretty damn good um, uh, vignette. You know they've been kind of going you know whatever. The first one I, I was really happy with. The second one, third one, whatever. This one I thought really spoke to like his uh, attitude era, uh, era character as far as being the dude too bizarre and making people feel uncomfortable. I, I wouldn't, I mean, with the whole movie theme, I wouldn't be mad to see if Goldust joined uh, his entourage at some point. 
You know, I, I didn't even think about that. But like going back, yeah, I mean, he was known as the bizarre one. Yeah. He had it staring. I've said it here before. I'll say it again. I've said it off mic. It's great to see Goldust doing something besides being the old grizzled veteran who just dresses in gold paint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He had a whole persona that came with the, the, the backstory, the sprinkle the character, on top. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Exactly. So now that he's reverted back to that character, I, you know, and it's not, and it's, I, we get it. He got electrocuted back, you know, and right before the ruthless aggression era and he's doing all that, uh, uh, you know, all that twitching, all, you know, get that out the way, wipe the board clean. Goldust is back. I love it. I mean, yeah. I don't know what he's doing, but we need to get Goldust in the IC title picture. And, and that's what I was saying because, you know, with the promises of IC title, I mean, dude, that guy can make that, that title feel great again too. Not yeah. just the Miz. The Miz has been doing great. And I believe he's held the white version of that. Yeah. Belt. I want to say so as well. I mean, it's, or at least the black, I think the black one actually, it, was, it may have been the black one back when, um, like the Rock and Triple H were fighting for it, and you know he was probably oh, yeah. beefing with uh, Triple H for it back when he had Marlena still. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It is interesting. I know we first talked about maybe Ty and Ziggler, but this is back when he was on SmackDown. But I don't know. But as far as like the Heath Slater thing, they should have just got Slater on Raw and left Rhino on on SmackDown. I think he'd be a great uh, uh, body, not just like a, a you know senseless body that doesn't. Do, but I mean, he's a He's, you know, he's competed for the U.S. title before, so he would have been a kind of a good guy to throw in, in, in the U.S. title picture, too. You know what I mean? But um, uh, on that note, that was Raw. Uh, we're actually going to take our first break of, of the show, and then we're going to be right back. We're going to get into our interview with uh, Leo Rush. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back, man. Buckle up, buckaroos. Yo, KJS listeners, what is good? It's the one and only hip-hop hybrid, Doc Lesnar, and I'm here for one reason only, and that's to tell all you loyal fans about Strong Style Brand. Now, you guys have heard about them sponsoring the show, but they also sponsor some of the coolest names in indie wrestling, from the Chris Brothers to JT Dunn to Sammy Callahan. And what we love about these guys is they always hit the ground running, and they never stop moving. They are always on the grind. They drop the Global Division collection, really dope. So no matter what part of the earth that you are living in, you could always represent for Strong Style brand whether it's east coast west coast up north down south everywhere in between they got the splatter collection they got dad hats new snapbacks they got the zip up hoodies and just recently they released a part one collection of summer 17 is what they're calling it and you can pre-order it now and you know all pun intended the whole thing is flames you know what i'm saying it's, it's it's strictly for the summer they got the ring of fire tea they got brand new snapbacks they also brought back the og logo basketball shorts which i currently got on and they're always comfortable and you know if you're out here sun's out guns out you know what i'm saying and you want to show off a little bit of the definition they got all kinds of tank tops for you guys with the barbed wire bat logo they got it from red to blue to green to purple to to, you know, to just regular black. They got what you need. And that's the thing. That's why I'm trying to tell you. Go to strongstylebrand.com. It's me. It's me, the DOC. Once again, Doc Lesnar, the hip hop hybrid, bringing to you live all the listeners of the Quincy Jones show. Here to remind you guys, you got to go check out one of the coolest sponsors that we got, man. United 909, you know, headed up by CeeLo G. Really good people. And they actually just celebrated the five year anniversary. You know, I yell CeeLo. I'm here for the five year. Let me get that five dollars off. You know what I'm saying? But no, seriously, man, these guys always get the dopest threads and stay up on it when it comes to all the fashion tips. You know what I'm saying? They really provide really dope, dope clothes for most of the IE artists that you guys love to hear, including 
Your boys, that's a, yeah, yeah, your boys, the Mega Towers, the best damn tag team on the planet, daddy. And you know what, man? These guys, they were just over at Clash City Station and they were just doing the hot damn it's summer festival. And that's the thing, you know, these guys always stay on the grind and it reflects in the clothes, man. You 909909, check it out. Go. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show. You are now in the mix with the two man tower trip Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Is he the third man? And we are back, everybody. Welcome back to the Quincy Jones Show podcast. It's myself, hip-hop hybrid Doc Lesnar. And as long with myself, Quincy Jones Go. And um, without further ado, Doc, if you want to take it away, man. We here at the Quincy Jones Show will proudly bring to you in-depth interview with the man of the hour himself, the 2016 Ring of Honor top prospect winner and the current House of Glory crown jewel champion, Leo Rush. Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? What's good? This is Quincy Jones from the Quincy Jones Show here. Also with my co-host, Doc Lesnar himself. We got a special guest today on the line for the show. Yeah, right here. We got a special treat for you guys. We have the one-time CZW heavyweight champion, two-time CZW wired champion, the current House of Glory crown jewels champion, the man of the hour himself in the 2016 ROH top prospect tournament winner, Leo Rush. How you doing, sir? Welcome to the show. What's going on, man? I'm doing pretty good yourself. Definitely. We're great. It took a little bit of time to get it set up, but I'm glad we could finally catch up with you. And um, yeah, man, so how's everything been going? I mean, we saw, you know, pretty much the world kind of blew up when we saw that you became this uh, CZW champion and, um, you know, man of the hour. I mean, I, I know you don't currently hold the title, but I mean... Was this your first time in CCW, or I mean, uh, you know, just just to give uh, the fans a, a brief history about how how you uh, actually ended up in CCW fighting for the championship? Yeah, man, uh, everything has been absolutely crazy since winning the CCW World Title. Um, I definitely think that nobody uh, expected it, uh, especially at that uh, specific show uh, with Joe Gacy for the second time. Uh, but everything has been. Uh, one hell of a ride, man. I started off in CZW at the Dojo Wars, product of the CZW Dojo Wars. Kind of uh, tryout matches uh, to be on the, the main roster for CZW. Started off with that. Um, made my way up in CZW with uh, these somewhat approving ground matches and then eventually going on with uh, these singles matches with Joey Janela. And every match has just raised my stock, raised my name value. And uh, eventually, you know, got me a CZW World Title opportunity, and I capitalized on it. Yeah, you know, I I have a question for that. You know, I mean, when a when a company comes to you, especially one like CZW, um, and they tell you, "Hey, uh, we want you to be the number one guy on top," you know, that, that's a lot of confidence that a company is going to instill in you to be the face of the company. Um, now, was that something that had been in the making for a while, and they told you to just keep at it, or was that something maybe the day of they let you know was going to be the result and uh either way i mean how did that make you feel knowing that they had that confidence in you uh it was a tremendous uh overwhelming feeling uh when you know i was uh told that i'll be at the top of the company and they had complete faith in me again i was a product of the, the cvw dojo wars and i specifically remember um you know before i even got into the dojo wars i remember going 
the CZW shows, just showing up, showing my face, um, letting uh, my interest uh, known um, to DJ Hyde when he was running in the uh, the 2300 Arena. I don't believe they're running there anymore, but when they were, I remember just going to those shows and um, just wanting to be a part of the product so bad. And uh, it was it's incredible to be on uh, on top of a promotion like that, especially considering the history. Um, guys that has won that title that eventually, you know, went up, um, to, uh, to the WWE. And it's absolutely incredible to, to be, you know, one of those guys that's a, uh, quote unquote CZW guy. That's my first uh, world title, um, in my professional wrestling career. So it's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, um, and I know shortly after there was a time too, I know you had like a feud going with uh, Sammy Callahan and uh, we kind of got, I guess, more of a darker layer of Leo Rush. And like, how was that to kind of ride that line? You know, because obviously with your style of in-ring prowess, you know, it's very one of those things that's captivating for a fan. It's easy to cheer for a guy like you because it's such great, you know, flashy athleticism that you just want to keep seeing more of. But um, you know, again, with, with the Callahan feud that you had going on, how was that in the sense of kind of being a little bit more diverse and adding more of like a darker layer, uh, you know, to Leo Rush? Um, everything with uh, leading up to that match, everything happened organically. I've always got asked the question, how did this character kind of come up and, um, you know, what inspired the character? Uh, the way that it happened um, was not planned out at all. There was nothing that was really uh, heavily sought out. Um, I, re- I remember uh, Joe Janela's return match, and it was also my return to CZW, a short return to CZW um, from my UK tour. And uh, we were both coming off um, pretty hot. Uh, I wanted to introduce something new. I was already going towards the heel direction in CZW. Um, the first time with me and uh, the Johnny Silver match, and then the second with their Joey Janela match, and that's when I started to introduce the suit and uh, as well as the paint. And then, um, you know, when I went on that tour, and Sammy Callahan was was coming off pretty hot too from the last uh, Cage of Death match that he had with uh, with David Starr, and I remember, um, you know, thinking to myself, what would put me to the next level? What would uh, you know, kind of making me a top guy and who could I possibly wrestle to, you know, put me in a position like that. And Sammy Callahan was the perfect opponent. Um, he didn't do much in CZW since he returned, but his last cage of death match got an absolutely uh, incredible response. So um, I think he was the, the perfect opponent for me, especially me coming off that hot feud with Joey Janela. And um, again, I just wanted to bring something completely new to the table have everyone talking, uh, use um, kind of personalized situations to fuel the character that I was going in, um, which was a, a much darker character than usual. And, uh, you know, it turned out in my favor. Definitely, man, definitely. Now, I mean, I know you're a younger guy, uh, but you're, you're about 22 or so, right? Yes, sir, 22. So I was going to ask, you know, um, with, with – you know, kind of like the, the, the calling card style CZW is a little bit more 
extreme, uh, you know, a little bit more combative, not to use a bad pun, but um, was that ever an environment that kind of intimidated you coming in or was that something you were gladly, you know, wanting to adapt to? Uh, I'm not going to lie. When I first, um, after I had that match with Joey Janela, uh, the latter match, that guy with the sickness, um, I, you know, I, I put everything that I had into that ladder match. Um, I wanted to, you know, give the CZW fans what they wanted without actually killing myself, um, which, uh, which a lot of the guys there do, uh, go to absolutely extreme levels to, you know, to please the fans, which I'm not against at all. Um, I just think it could be done differently and get the same, you know, outcome. Uh, and that's what I tried to accomplish. And I think that I did the Joey Janela match. And after that, um, I kind of got a little, I don't want to say afraid, but I felt like I was doing so much, uh, and leaning more towards that, you know, extreme style in CCW that they would probably expect, uh, more from me. And, um, which I, I was completely fine with because I've been in, uh, you know, these, kind of stipulation kind of matches before, like ladder matches, chair matches, uh, like street fight kind of matches. Um, and then leading up to the, the Joe Gacy match, um, I felt like I had to take it up a notch, um, which led to that CCW rules kind of match. And I'm not going to lie, going to that match, I was a bit intimidated just because I didn't want to be sucked in to, uh, the pleasure that the CZW fans wanted, and uh, right, right, completely. Oh, I, I was a little intimidated, but I, you know, I always had my head on straight and focused, and um, you know, I had to do what I had to do, but it didn't intimidate me too much. And you know what? I, I just wanted to ask because obviously, like you said, there, there's a certain kind of uh, standard kind of matches, a kind of standard of uh, horror gore that obviously, the more you put into it the more you're going to have to uh, uh, deliver on as far as the bloodthirst of the fans and stuff like that. You know, I want to say that, you know, your, your, uh, your moveset, your arsenal of moves kind of helped you be a little bit more ingenuitive and bring something new uh, to, to the CZWI, you know, so to speak, with, with your, uh, your moveset. Um, you being a young guy, uh, how you, I, mean, I guess, how, uh, how old were you when you started training? Because I know you were training at the uh, MCW Training Center in Maryland. Um, I'll be able, how, how young were you when you started training to be in the ring? Uh, I started training, um, legitimately training at a school since I was, uh, 18 years old. I remember when I was 16, I tried to go to a training school. Um, but, you know, very shortly in, uh, one of their students had passed away in the training center, um, doing training. So that school actually ended up getting closed down. So I had to wait two more years until another school opened up in Maryland. Oh wow! Okay. With that training, um, which started when I was 18 years old, but I always tell people that uh, you know I feel like I've been training my whole life. To be completely honest with you, um, you know I, I'm a lifelong fan of uh, professional wrestling. Um, when I was younger, I used to always like practice moves and and uh, and you know make a ring with the pillows on my couch and. You know, yeah. around, like my sisters and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was crazy. So I always felt like, um, I've been doing this for so long, even though, 
uh, people always, um, you know, comment on when I say, uh, you know, I feel like I've been doing this forever, which has only been two years, which is absolutely crazy to me. It is. That is crazy. I've been doing it my entire life. Um, so I think that's why I progressed as fast as I did in the, the wrestling world, just because I, I just have a mentality that I've been doing this for years. I hear that. Is there, uh, let me ask you, is there anyone in particular, you said, you know, you love wrestling when you were coming up and stuff like that. Obviously a little bit different, uh, as far as again, the movesets, you know, back then you coming up and, and what you present in the ring now. Is there anyone or, or anything? Cause man, you look like a damn video game when you're in the ring. Is there anyone that you modeled your moves after? Or I mean, as far as your thought process and coming up with some of these things that you do, I mean, how did, how did that, uh, pr- process come to you as you were coming and up? I, uh, I think a big, a big, um, you know, factor of my, while I move set is the way that it is now is, uh, is all because of amateur wrestling. Um, I was always so different on the mat. I remember as soon as I, and this is me saying this with, you know, com- complete, um, humbleness. As soon as I walked into, you know, like a wrestling tournament or just a, a dual meet, or whatever, I just remember people just staring at me as soon as I walked in the building because they knew that I brought something different um, to the table. I always wrestled to uh, have people remember who I was. I never really wrestled to win, which was crazy. But I hear that. I wrestled a, a style that people would, you know, walk out of the building and say, man, I remember that guy because he wrestled a certain way. You um, always had a presence. Yeah. And I applied it to my professional wrestling style. And again, I grew up in a very, very exciting time in professional wrestling, uh, which was the, the ruthless aggression era, um, ah. which was like, oh, it was like 2002 through 2004, 2005. Yeah. Yeah. All of those WCW cruiserweights were going over to SmackDown and yep. the, the OVW guys were coming up to, to SmackDown and Raw. So, uh, a lot of the guys that, has influenced my style today were, were guys like Ray Mysterio, Tajiri, uh, Shannon Moore, Shane Helms, Jeff Hardy, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle. So all of those guys, I never really wanted to be like someone. Um, but just, you know, just the style back then was just so high energy that I took that and, you know, that's, uh, that's how my style kind of came about. Gotcha, man. Now, uh, uh, I was doing a little bit of research on you, and uh, you know, we're, I was seeing some of the the previous monikers you went under. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was like LL Green and Lennon Duffy, right? Yeah. Um, well, I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, most guys, you know, most of these guys in the biz, a lot of the first names aren't always the best. You know, it's a stepping stone. You know, but Leo Rush is just. Leo Rush is, is just an excellent, excellent name. Very easy, roll off the tongue. Um, I, I was just curious, how did you come to that name? Yeah, it's uh, I, there's no secret that what my real name is. You know, the internet is ridiculous nowadays with Wikipedia and all that. Yeah, <laughs> my real name is Lionel Green. Uh, I came, I came about the name. Uh, the first name that I had was L I Green, uh, just because I wanted to. I, I didn't want to have my actual wrestling name Lionel Green, so I kind of just chopped off the rest of my first name and just put L.I. Um, but funny thing, my trainer 
would always call me and he would he would pronounce it Lee. And I'm like, no, dude, it's L-I, it's not Lee. And he just <laughs> continually call me Lee, Lee, Lee. I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'll just, you know, let him call me that. And then uh, I took that name and I uh, I went to my first Ring of Honor tryout. And they absolutely hated the name L.I. Green. They said it sounded like a rib. Uh, they wanted me to, to change the name if I, ever, if I ever came back. So, you know, I thought on it for about a good, well, a good two months. It was it was rough, and I didn't know what the hell to do. And I just kept thinking about my trainer calling me Lee, and uh, my my first name was Lionel, so uh, it's spelled L I O N E L. So I just said, "Hey, why not call myself like Leo?" And I kept the first three letters of my first name, which was L I O, and I yeah. spelled Leo like L I O. And that's how I got the first name. And then my other trainer uh, would always say that I'm always so fast in the ring and I'm, and I always rush to get better. And I was just so quick. My style was quick. Ah, okay. Came up with the, with the last name, Rush. So Leo Rush, you know, kind of came organically and, and perfect. And I didn't, you know, I was thinking so hard on it when it was, you know, sitting right there in my face. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned ROH, and, you know, obviously we mentioned that, you know, you were the uh, 2016 Top Prospects winner. Um, how did you uh, get into ROH? I know you said you had a few trial matches, you know, back when you were uh, L.I. Green, and then they told you to come back. Because, uh, you know, we actually came out, and we saw you uh, this past March in, uh, at the ROH anniversary show when you went against Marty. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's you know, we, we've been having our eyes on you for a while. So I, I'm just curious as to how you actually got into the ROH territory. Uh, I um... I remember showing up to a ROH TV taping in Baltimore and Michael Elgin, uh, I was originally just supposed to go there and be like a security guard or mm. with tickets or, or do something that wasn't involved in the show. And I remember Michael Elgin was kind of doing this, this camera guy angle for a little bit where he would come out with a, uh, his own personal cameraman and record himself and record his matches. And uh, he wanted somebody that was smaller than him and to not make him, you know, look smaller. And I was, the Oh yeah. Okay. That was, uh, that was small. So they uh, picked me to do that. Um, I did a, a pretty good job as an extra on the show. And they said that I should come out to a trial, uh, to a tryout camp. So, um, I went to my first tryout camp, um, absolutely blew everyone away. But once they asked me the question of how long I was working, I said, I was only, you know, wrestling for about six months. And, um, you know, they said that uh, they wouldn't sign me because I just simply didn't have enough experience. And once I got more experience to, to come back to them, and hopefully it'll be a different story. Um, so about six months passed, six or seven months passed, and within that six or seven months, I debuted for CW. I debuted for Evolve, Beyond, House of Glory. I had my first couple of international tours in Canada, Mexico, and I kind of made somewhat of a name for myself. And uh, came back with a new name, <laughs> um, came back with better gear um, and a little bit more name value to myself. And I did that second camp. Um, and they said uh, that I absolutely blew them away. Uh, they thanked me for uh, taking their advice and running with it and doing exactly what was told to me. And that was to make a name for myself. And they uh, awarded me with being a part of the, the 2016 Top Prospect Tournament. 
Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, you know, and um, I know as a result of that, uh, you got a chance to face the then ROH World Heavyweight Champ, Jay Lethal. Um, incredible match. How was that feeling knowing you'd step in the ropes with a, with a veteran like that? Dude, I, I was nervous as hell. I was so nervous. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've, uh, I haven't been that nervous since, um, you know, my amateur wrestling days, uh, when I would, <laughs> when I would like go to states or, uh, uh, the national tournaments and stuff like that. And I just remember just having so many butterflies. But at the same time, I was so ready to just prove to everybody that I belonged in the same conversation as the guys like Adam Cole, uh, Jay Lethal, mm-hmm. Young Bucks, and all Definitely. the other, you know, great people that were on the, the Ring of Honor roster. And what other, you know, better way to, to do that than WrestleMania weekend, the biggest uh, ROH, you know, show of the year. And, uh, you know, it was a perfect opportunity to, to show that to everybody. Um, I came in there the best shape of my life, uh, brand new gear. <laughs> my hair was bright as hell. <laughs> yeah. And everybody was there. Uh, it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, I was so nervous at the same time. I was just so ready, so ready to show everybody, um, you know, why I deserve to be one of the, the top wrestlers in the world, despite my, my, uh, winning experience. Oh, definitely. Definitely showed. Yeah, I mean, I know you mentioned, like, the hair and everything. And, you know, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier in your amateur days. You you always just kind of had a presence to you, which is uh, definitely, you know, inarguable at this point. You know, it's there's, every time you step into a ring, you seem to always have eyes on you. And like you said, everyone remembers what, you know, what you did or what match you were on on that card, you know. And uh, oh, one more thing I was going to ask in terms of ROH. Now, I'm, I know you're um, – you had uh, your theme song, Feel the Rush. Was that by you? You said, was it by me? Yeah, was that you that recorded that, or was that someone else that, that you had to your music? That was actually my father who uh, made that song for me. Uh, my dad is a, uh, is a music That's player. awesome. Um, wow. So he, uh, I, set, I had this kind of like superhero theme in my head that just kept playing back and back. And uh, I remember just, you know, asking my dad, hey, can you record? you know, record this, like, this beat that's, like, in my head that I had perfectly, uh, a perfect idea for a theme song. And I just remember sitting in the studio with him and almost humming what was in my head. And he would play it on uh, on the piano or the recorder that he had. And you know, we recorded it in the studio. And he recorded, like, the little lyrics for it and everything. So, yeah, my dad was the one who, uh, who did that song for me. Wow, that that's awesome. That yeah, the family helping out though. That, that's that's amazing. That, that's that's pretty cool. Man. Uh, I I did uh, notice you, you mentioned that you said you started doing uh, a few of your first uh, couple international tours with Mexico and Canada. Um, obviously, I mean, what everyone there they always have their eyes to like the next horizon and stuff like that. Are you looking towards uh, New Japan or doing some work up in just Japan? Period, not necessarily for New Japan, but just to get over overseas. Uh, yeah, man. I, I feel like Japan is the only place that I haven't been. And again, that's so crazy considering that I've only been, you know, doing this for a little over two years now. But I've been to, to Ireland. I've been to Germany, England, Mexico, Canada. Um, and I, I you know, <laughs> Japan is the only place where I really want to go that I haven't had the opportunity to go to yet. And, uh, you know, I would kill her to be in New Japan right now. Um, just because, you know, so many, so many great, uh, you know, junior guys are, are in that division right now. And it's, it's, it's a hot, 
you know, topic right now. And, uh, cause I was going to say off the top of my head, I mean, you'd have to be in the best of the super juniors tournament at least, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of weird for you to be absent in that conversation. But I mean, uh, is there anybody in New Japan? I mean, if given the chance that you'd love to match up or, uh, or in a match or you think you can match up well with that you haven't wrestled before? Um, I've got the opportunity to be in a ring with a couple of New Japan guys, but never in a one-on-one situation. Uh, in Ring of Honor, I teamed with, uh, Kushida, um, in a six-man tag match, um, in New York. And, uh, also in OTP in Ireland, I got the chance to, um, wrestle with Kenny Omega, again, in a six-man tag, though, uh, with the Young Bucks. Um, but, you know, Kushida and, and Omega are definitely two guys that I would love to actually be in the ring with. Definitely. Uh, level. Um, of course, there's other guys there, um, like Bushi and, uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure what his name is now, uh, but it was something completely different when he was in Ring of Honor, but he goes by Ticking, ta- ticking Time Bomb. Uh, is it Takahashi or? Takahashi. Oh, yeah, Takahashi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, Ring of Honor, though. Uh, I can't even remember it because of the name switch. Oh, I know. But, yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, the name escapes me. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, because I remember yeah, he, I, I remember seeing him thinking, like, wasn't he somebody else in ROH? But yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. But Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but they, yeah, I mean. Still has the red hair, but just a different name. Yeah, exactly. The, I was going to say the red hair because I, uh, I know I've seen you tagging with Jay White. And I want to say, I want to say Will Ferrara. Uh, quite quite a bit in ROA, so I know you guys were were running and gunning with those six man tags for a while. So, um, but I mean, I, I, I'm guessing you would just love that that opportunity to do the same in front of the actual like New Japan crowd because I mean that you know how they 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 love they love everything every aspect of wrestling. I think if you were to go down there, you'd definitely bring the magic for them for sure. Exactly, definitely. Yeah, man, definitely. And um, yeah, we'll be right back. We're sitting here talking to uh, Leo Rush. He talked about his aspirations to get uh, further in Japan, also work me, you know, more places in uh, the U.S. like NXT or uh, Lucha Underground. So yeah, we'll be back after a few more messages. Peace. <laughs> Hey, what's going on? It's Quincy Jones Go with the Quincy Jones Show. Just here to update you on a very special announcement we made a couple weeks ago. Now, if you've been hiding under a rock, or, you know, just not in the know. I'm, I'm here to let you know. I got you guys. You know what I mean? Uh, myself, the hip-hop hybrid Doc Lesnar, along with three of our other friends, uh, the Five Horsemen, man, we decided to get together and start our very own indie promotion right here in Southern California. Rival Pro Wrestling. Say it with me. Rival Pro Wrestling. Here to rival any of the other companies out here, man. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, pretty much anywhere, man. That's where we're trying to be if you're at frank and sons and found our flyer on your car if you're at the last bar wrestling event and it may have seen us lurking around man you know we're serious bro we're putting together our very first event coming up summer rising that's august 26th in pomona uh, it's going to be at the american post legion at, at 239 east holt avenue in pomona you can get tickets now at purplepass.com backslash rival pw and man let me tell you about the card man you're talking about a special meet and greet we got the, the young the, the 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 exciting the the voluptuous we got melissa santos gonna be there to do a little bit of special ring announcing along with a little special meet and greet along with little cholo of lu and not to mention we got 
The Mac, Willie Mac from LU as well, Ricky Mandel, a.k.a. Ricky Mundo, the, the machine himself, Cage, is going to be competing. And, and we got also some young guns, man, Eli Everfly, and, and Young Fuego himself, Adrian Quest. These guys just came back from Dragon Mania and tore it up. But we, we got great tag teams in there. We got True Grit, the Stoner Brothers, you know what I'm saying? Dude, we got a lot of stuff going on. The new XRT champion, the vegan Superman himself, Jake Diaz, is going to be making a defense. Uptown Andy Brown's going to be there. A lot of familiar faces. All I can say is you're not going to want to miss it. Also, Strong Style Brand is helping to sponsor the event along with us, the Quincy Jones Show podcast. So please, any questions you may have, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, anything that we already dropped. And if you guys are a musician or you guys know somebody that plays music that's interested in maybe performing for the event, hit us up at rifleproprestling at gmail.com or the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. And we'll definitely get back to you. Peace. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, home of the tag team champions of the IE, Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. What's going on? We're back. Had to uh, take a quick break to uh, pay some bills, but uh, without further ado, the remainder of this uh, Leo Rush interview. Go. Uh, so, Leo, I, <clears throat> I noticed that um, I know that you had made your PWG debut earlier this year. Um, and it was, uh, I know you had a chance to work with Ricochet. Uh, I mean, you guys very much match up in terms of high octane, blink and you'll miss it in ring abilities, you know? So how, how was that experience working with Ricochet? Uh, working with Ricochet was incredible. Um, you know, I, I always say he was the perfect opponent for me for my debut match. Um, so many people, so many fans, even wrestlers would compare us, um, you know, both life skin, both tattoos, both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's been somewhat of a, uh, of an idol for me on the, the independent scene and someone who's, uh, you know, just completely made themselves a star, uh, with just being on the Indies. And, um, you know, I kind of idolized that and, and took that and, and try to do something with it myself. But, uh, being in there was, with him was, was incredible. Um, I, I, I never got though when people said that we were similar in the ring, uh, just because he, he can do so many different other flips that I can't do. Uh, and I'm, I'm not more of the flippy guy. He's like the flippy guy and I'm more of a fast, quick, uh, guy. So I think yeah. it, it was still a, a great matchup though. Um, just because it was a dream match that, you know, everybody who wanted to see with, uh, because he's been doing this for what, like 13, a little, definitely over 10 years now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was kind of like, uh, not old school, but, you know, a then and now kind of. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because I, I think, I don't think anyone is necessarily comparing you guys on purpose. Because I, I think what it is is probably just coming from a fantasy booking point of view. Because definitely you think so, of you think of the name Leo Rush and Ricochet in the same ring it's it's going to be nothing less than than ex explosive you know but um you know I, you said that uh, you were uh coming up in the ruthless aggression era and stuff like that you know where guys from OVW were coming out uh you know the the, the John Cena's the Brock Lesnar's the Randy Orton's stuff like that as well as the Cruiserweights kind of taking a a focal point on SmackDown and stuff like that uh, I know you said that you were a fan of like Shannon uh, as far as coming up like Jeff Hardy's is there anyone um, that you, you know, anyone else that, that you were uh, looking up to uh, as a kid, not even from a standpoint of like, this is what I want to do someday, but it's, you know, everyone always says, oh, I like, you know, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior, you know, what have you. You grew up in a different era. So was there anyone that, you know, besides the ones that you listed that you immediately were like, these are the guys for me? 
Uh, if I had to pick a, a handful of guys or even like just a couple, um, I think Jeff Hardy was definitely the one who made me want to be a professional wrestler. Just because oh, okay. of what he got once he came out. Um, everybody just had all eyes on him. Everybody idolized Jeff Hardy so much. Um, and I, I, you know, I wanted that to be me. Um, not, not saying that I wanted to be Jeff Hardy, but, you know, I wanted people to look at me the way that they looked at Jeff Hardy. I wanted, you know, yeah, girls yeah. Or, 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 or guys or, or grown men or whatever the case to, yeah, yeah, to just feel that emotional connection when I got hurt in the ring or, or did something, you know, incredible that would affect oh, you know, a person's uh, life. And uh, I think Jeff Hardy was definitely the one who made me want to be a professional wrestler. Um, Kurt Angle was another huge influence for me. He was the one who made me want to uh, be an amateur wrestler before I became a professional wrestler. Just oh, okay. seeing the way that how oh, okay. he did it, um, I went to yeah. kind of follow and, you know, and that uh, the same path. Um, I remember being really attached to, to Eddie Guerrero and, mm. and The Rock. Uh, so those are another uh, two guys that, um, you know, just wanted, made me want to become a professional wrestler and just become successful in life in general. Yeah, I get that. And um, uh, backing down a little bit, uh, you know, back you were doing the uh, MCW thing. Uh, I know you were tagging a bit with uh, Patrick Clark, uh, obviously who's now in NXT. Um, I mean, how do you feel seeing seeing uh, your old uh, partner doing doing pretty well down down in NXT? It's awesome, man. Uh, man, I've been I've been through a lot with uh, with Patrick, uh, good and bad. Um, we've had <laughs> a, uh, we uh, we started you know our professional wrestling careers together. We signed up at the same school at the same exact day, same exact time. We were the first two students um, in that new school that had opened up. And, uh, oh, okay. we both wrestled, we both wrestled amateur and, uh, the same county in, in high school. So we knew of each other. Um, but just to come up with him was, was pretty incredible. We had a lot of personal, uh, issues, uh, you know, going up because just because we were both so competitive. Um, and, uh, we both wanted to be at the top. And then, uh, you know, our trainer, you know, took note to that and decided to put us in a tag team. Um, and, you know, ever since then, we've both, you know, been, been making a killing and, and making a name for ourselves. Uh, he got the opportunity to, uh, be on the Tough Enough show and he yeah. completely capitalized on it. And now, you know, I believe he landed himself a job for life up in the yeah. <laughs> WWE. So, uh, that's pretty awesome to just, just see him on that product and know that, um, you know, he's worked so hard for it. And uh, it's 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 incredible, man. It's like it's literally like seeing my brother on on TV and accomplishing his dream. So, oh yeah, of course. I mean, and I mean, and on that note, um, obviously nowadays, you know, everyone likes to use the phrase "What a time to be a wrestling fan." The climate change is a little bit different than it was a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, the indies getting a little bit more of the focal point. Uh, you know, it's not just about you know the TNAs or the WWEs and you know the New Japan's. Um, I mean, it's there 
you know, obviously with WWE and NXT, is that a goal of yours or is there something, I mean, I know you mentioned New Japan, is there like, you have goals outside of WWE and NXT? Because, you know, everyone always says, you know, they're they're the guys, that's the destination. But, I mean, with, like you said, with the two years that you've, you know, under your belt, you've accomplished so much without being there. Um, is that still something that, that you're very much looking forward to? Or is like, again, is there something else that you want to do at this point? Um, I'm definitely, uh, of course, I'm, I'm so open to, to being in the WWE next year, you know, whatever other product that they have, um, just being a part of that company is, you know, a, a dream that I've had since I was a little kid. And, uh, especially with all of the, uh, you know, when I was a kid, everybody was so high and mighty on the, the, the heavyweights and, you know, having a, a cruiserweight hired was kind of unheard of if you, didn't come from WCW or ECW. Um, you know, if you came from anywhere else, you were like a jobber. So, uh, for like cruiserweights and, uh, independent guys to kind of be the, the focal point, um, nowadays is, uh, you know, I always ask myself the question if WWE were to ever come calling, why wouldn't I, you know, take that opportunity? Um, because you never know, like years from now, they, uh, they might not want cruiserweights or independent guys anymore. Um, so if they, if they were to come call and I would definitely take that opportunity. But like you said, I've accomplished so much in my short amount of time and, uh, and it's crazy that there's still so much more to accomplish just because there's so many opportunities, more opportunities out there than WWE right now. Um, I would, uh, absolutely love to be a part of New Japan. I think I could excel, um, even more than I've excelled in the in the states, if I were there, just because I think my style would adapt so much, and I'm a younger guy, so they can, uh, you know, do a lot more with me as far as uh, time goes. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I want to do anything and everything. I just I want to I want to be the guy to say I've done everything that there is to do in professional wrestling, not just WWE, but just professional wrestling as wrestling. a whole. You know, I want to do the Indies. I want to I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Mexico, England, um, all over the UK. I want to wrestle for every promotion that there is to wrestle for. Lucha on the ground, TNA, uh, every, just everywhere, man. Um, yeah, I just want to do everything. <laughs> no, it's understandable. Conquer the world, man. I hear you. And, uh, you know, on, with the NXT, um, you know, you were bringing up cruiserweights. Um, you know, with the CWC, the Cruiserweight Classic happening about a year ago, when, was that something that uh, WWE maybe showed interest in or reached out to you for at all? Uh, no, they never reached out to me. I remember, uh, I remember me being very, I, I hate to use the word, but I was a little bitter um, at the time because I remember... Uh, when I was wrestling for Evolve before I got to Ring of Honor is when the Cruiserweight Classic was announced and Evolve was doing the Cruiserweight Classic, you know, what yeah. was it, like uh, trial matches or... Yeah, they're like qualifiers and stuff. Uh, yeah, qual yeah, the qualifiers. And I was on those cards where the, the Cruiserweight Classic qualifiers were happening. And I just remember like, like, like damn, like, am I not good enough? <laughs> to, you know, be a part of this, like the best cruiserweights in the world. And, you know, they're having qualifiers in a promotion that I'm a part of and I'm not a part of it. And uh it was it was rough. Um for me. It was it was rough for me to to even watch it. Um but I did just because uh, you know, I had friends and 
and guys that I've worked with uh, a part of that tournament. So, of course, I wanted to support and just see. Uh, and I also used, you know, me viewing the Cruiserweight Classic and, you know, almost using that to, to fuel the fire and, you know, wanting to become, you know, one of the best Cruiserweights in the world without being a part of that Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's... Uh, I hear you because I mean you got friends and stuff and colleagues that you you do want to see do well, but I mean I, I, I as a fan you know I'm also probably looking at a few of these guys like really him you know what I mean so I I I, I definitely can get where you're coming from on that note but you did mention lucha um you know what I mean would you, I, I mean I, I'm get you said you want to do everything in the world so I guess that kind of answers the question but you, I mean you'd be willing to work under a hood and do do some lucha stuff yeah of course man I. I... Another goal that, that I had um, that I that I wanted to accomplish growing up, like I wanted, I want to be an actor. I want to be a part of movies, Marvel movies, and uh, mm. just movies in general. And um, I think that that's such a great platform for any wrestler that wants to absolutely, you know, being an actor and a, a professional wrestler. Uh, there's so many guys on the Lucha Underground product, and just because they are um, the producers, they are movie producers. They're not. They have no clue. Uh, about wrestling, um, yeah. you know they 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 make the product for you know you know TV shows and and, and movies. So um, that's definitely something that I was interested in at the time. And uh, but again, at that time there was so much going on through through the, the Lucha Underground um, and the Cruiserweight Classic, and both at that time I just won the top prospect tournament for In the Modern. So I had other obligations that I needed to uh, to fulfill um, mm. before I even thought about, you know, going after TNA or going after WWE or Lucha Underground. So, um, yeah, I had obligations at Ring of Honor that I needed to uh, needed to attack first. I hear that. Um, quick question, uh, and, and it may be related to the rush, because you said that, you know, that uh, your trainer always says you're in a rush to, uh, to, you know, step up, get better. Um, what, what did the whole, uh, M-O-T-H, man of the hour, is, is that, you know, re- related to the Leo Rush thing or is that something that, you know, came to you and you just started using? Uh, no, I think that it's related to the, to Leo Rush thing and just related to, you know, me as a person outside of, um, Definitely. outside of the wrestling world. Um, I've had so many personal issues growing up and, and, uh, you know, bullying issues when I was a kid, um, growing up in like elementary school, middle school, and people just always, you know, pushing the buttons with me and thinking that, uh, they were the man. It sounds super cliche, but I've literally had to, you know, fight my entire life. Like I taught myself how to fight. I taught myself how to, you know, stand up for myself. I taught myself how to wrestle. Uh, everybody always asked if I ever had a mixed martial arts background, but, no, I've taught myself everything uh, that I needed to know about, you know, uh, combat sports or, you know, defending myself. And I always, uh, you know, asked myself or I always, like, just thought about all those guys that used to, you know, try to bully me. And I would always end up the bully because I would always kick somebody's ass for trying to bully <laughs> me. So I, I ended up being, uh, you know, that guy or that man that, they thought that they were or could be. So, um, you know, and it all goes back to me in my amateur wrestling days with me walking in the building and everybody, 
you know, just staring at me and all eyes on me. So uh, I always just, you know, called myself the man of the hour. And, um, you know, every time was my time and everybody was always on my time. And uh, mm. my, uh, my really good friend of mine made a song called Man of the Hour, which is my theme song right now. Uh, one of my best friends. And once I heard that song, I was like, damn, that's, that's it right there. That's my, that's my entrance song. So it all worked out perfectly. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that's pretty cool, man. I, I, I like that, especially the, uh, you guys are on my time aspect of that. It's a, Definitely. yeah, really, really cool, uh, perspective on that, you know? Uh, just a, a small question. Uh, in watching some of your current stuff, I've noticed you've begun to incorporate, uh, the pedigree into your moveset. Um, I was wondering how, how did that come about? Is that just you kind of paying homage to the game and, or is that just, you know, one of your favorite finish finishes, you know, coming up, uh, watching wrestling and, and just, uh, yeah, just was wondering how that came about. Uh, it all came about after I had, uh, after I left Ring of Honor, um, there was a lot of speculation that, that I was going to be making a jump to the WWE, which was, uh, Absolutely in, insane how many, uh, how many rumors were going around and just we heard you an idea of, you know, it's so crazy what the internet does and how people can just, you know, assume, um, yeah, we bought in as fans. We thought so too. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we were excited. <laughs> it was, it was crazy, man. Um, you know, not everybody, but I just wanted to say like, not everybody that leaves one company is automatically just going to jump to the next company. Like it, it you know, it it doesn't always work like that. Uh, I I left Ring of Honor just simply because you know I had a lot of personal issues, uh, you know, going on, and I wanted to be uh, a lot closer to my family. I wanted some more downtime. I wanted to be able to pick my own schedule and when I wanted to wrestle and where I wanted to wrestle. And um, I felt like I I uh, I was there for what I was there for. You know, I. I did what I what I needed to do, and um, you know that top prospect tournament uh, guaranteed me a one year contract there, and I felt like I used that year to the best of my ability to you know create a name for myself, and um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's why I left Ring of Honor. I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to be closer to my family. I wanted to control. Uh, uh, wanted to control where and when I got to wrestle. And I, and I also wanted more, you know, creative freedom and mm, okay. manipulate uh, how people perceived me. And um, I don't know. It was just a weird – It was. Just, I just felt really weird in Ring of Honor just because of how things were booked and um, what I was getting used for. And I thought it was uh, – even though I was wrestling some of the best guys in the world, um, but after a while of uh, – you know, me constantly uh, losing, losing, losing uh, for absolutely, you know, no reason. Yeah, that, no, nothing that, yeah. <laughs> nothing that built to anything. And yeah, it just looked bad for a fan's point of view, you know. Uh, you know, the fan, I would, I would look back on uh, Twitter mentions and Facebook posts and all that. And, uh, you know, my name was always brought up for a man. And Leo's was the best match of the night. Uh, Leo Rush is the future Ring of Honor. Leo Rush is this, Leo Rush is that. But, um, you know, I was getting built to take Jay Lethal to the limit 
current Ring of Honor world champion, but the next week I was, you know, losing clean to fucking, you know, like Cheeseburger or <laughs> yeah. Kenny King. Uh, nothing against those guys, though. I, I yeah. love those guys to death, but, you know, just the the way things were booked just made absolutely no sense at all, and that's, that's another big reason why I left. Yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, I mean, watching the product, yeah, they had you doing a lot of run-ins with, like, the cabinet, and after a while, it kind of, I have to say, you know, agree with you, it kind of grew like, it was kind of weird. It was like, okay, then what, what's, you know, what are the way they capitalizing off of? What is this leading to? And it didn't seem like they had a whole plan of where they knew that was going to go and everything. But, um, I mean, again, not a knock to those guys, like you said, because all those guys are great. But, you know, th- you know, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you. Totally understandable. Um, and what she, and since you, since, and since she's left, I mean, you've just been making your mark everywhere. Like you said, you want to do. Uh, you've been having great matches, and you're absolutely right. Even at the the anniversary show, I couldn't see one guy going to the beer line when you were going going up against Marty. So it was all eyes on you guys for sure. Uh, with that said, this uh, far in your career, um, and it could be more than one. What what would you say would uh, would be a uh, few of your favorite matches so far in your career? Uh, a few of my favorite matches. I would. A lot of them had to come from. Either uh, MCW, which is my home promotion, or mm-hmm. or uh, CZW. Um, I've had a few in Ring of Honor that I'm really proud of. Uh, like the match with Marty Skrull. Uh I really enjoyed that match. Um, I remember having a video on demand uh, match with Adam Cole in Columbus, Ohio. Um, oh wow! And also uh, my first match on the line with Jay Lethal. I really enjoyed those three matches. But as far as the independent scene. My feud with Joey Janela was absolutely incredible. Um, I I give props to that entire feud for, you know, uh, getting as many eyes on me. Um, if it wasn't for Joey, I don't think, I honestly don't think if it, was, if it wasn't for that feud, I wouldn't have had as many eyes on me at that at that uh, certain time. Um, also, my match with Sammy Callahan and my recent matches with Joe Gacy. Um, so a lot of, a lot of the, Big matches that I've had um, came from CVW that I think has raised my stock a little more. Gotcha. And uh, we're we're almost done here. We're we're going to wrap it up pretty soon. But I just had a couple more questions for you, Leo. And um, you, you know, uh, so right now you are the current House of Glory uh, Crown Jewel champion. Uh, you know, you defeated Ken Broadway. He had a pretty long title reign. Um, how did that make you feel? Again, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know, pretty similar to when you won the CZW heavyweight title, but it's just that confidence, you know, that a company will instill in you and, and you know, and um, just how did that feel knowing that you'd be the guy to end that reign? And uh, are there any events coming up that you'll be defending that title at? Uh, yeah. Um, to, to go off of the second question, if there's any place that I will be defending it, um, there's a House of Glory show coming up actually. Uh, on July 1st in, in New York, Queens, I believe, at the, uh, Queensville X Lodge. Um, I'm going against Anthony Gangone. Uh, actually, I'm not defending that title. I'm actually going for the world title there. Uh, oh, bro, nice. It's a uh, champion versus champion match, but it's for Gangone's title. Um, but just, you know, being that match and, uh, you know, representing House of Glory as the Crown Jewel champion is a huge deal. Um, uh, I haven't won that many titles in my, my short career. Um, only I've won MCW tag titles, CCW title twice, and the CCW world title. Um, and, you know, 
House of Glory is a, is a huge promotion. Uh, it's Amazing Reds, you know, that's, that's Amazing Reds baby right there. And for him to have, you know, faith in me to be one of the top guys in that promotion, you know, says a lot. Uh, I think that Red sees a lot in me, um, that, that, you know, that he has in himself. And, um, he's been somewhat of a mentor to me as well throughout my uh, professional wrestling career. So to be one of, you know, his champions is a pretty big deal. Awesome, man. And, uh, one last question, uh, and then we're, we're going to sign out of here, but, um, uh, if you, could have a, uh, I guess, a dream match or fantasy book yourself against anyone, dead or alive. Uh, anyone that comes to mind, or anyone you've been thinking about, or you know, something that sticks out in the back of your mind. Uh, right off the jump, I'll have to say my old tag partner Patrick, who's currently Velvet the Velveteen Dream. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, uh, we never got the chance to uh, to be in a ring. Um, well, we have once, but I don't count that. It's because we were both so young in our careers and we both didn't know what the hell we were, we were doing. But uh, I think where we are now, both in our uh, careers and, you know, being in the world and wrestling with the best guys in the world, um, I definitely want to have a chance to go one-on-one with, uh, with my old tag partner, Patrick. Uh, you heard it first here. NXT, if you're listening, there you go. That's your end right there. Uh, Velveteen Dream, Leo Rush, book it. You know what I mean? But I definitely want to say thank you for your time, Leo. Um, thank you for being on the show. Definitely appreciate your time and, and getting to know you a little bit more. I'm Quincy Jones Go again with my co-host, the hip hop hybrid Doc Lesnar. This is the Quincy Jones Show. And we're on with Leo Rush. Well, there you have it. That was our interview with the one and only man of the hour, Leo Rush. We're gonna take one more final break before we get into the SmackDown coverage. Go. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, wrestling fans? It's your boy, Quincy Jones. Go from the Quincy Jones Show, reminding you to go and visit our boys across the pond. I'm talking about the Wrestle Hub, baby. The Wrestle Hub? Who? 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 Yeah, the Wrestle Hub, man. I'm talking about that one stop shop for all things wrestling. I'm talking about important scoops. I'm talking about rumors coming in, injury updates, return updates, exclusive interviews, exclusive interviews. Speaking of that, they just dropped another one of their shoot series episodes featuring, let me, let me get this right, the sexually frivolous, the morally ambiguous Jax Sexsmith, available right now when you go to wrestlehub.wordpress.com. Make sure you guys send him a follow on Twitter and Facebook at the Wrestle Hub, and, and pay attention because they got a new shoot series coming soon featuring Cruiserweight Classic competitor Damian Slater, so all that and more. Keep posted, keep your eyes peeled, remember, enter the hub. Go. What's going on, guys? This is Leo Rush, the fastest rising star in professional wrestling today. And you are now listening to the Quincy Jones Show with Quincy Jones and the hip-hop hybrid legend, Doc Lesnar. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, featuring the best damn commentary team on the planet. Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Oh, we back, y'all. And, uh, yeah, man, that was our interview with Leo Rush, man. I want to a thousand times thank you yes. to Leo Rush for, uh, you know, this guy is the man of the hour. So his time yeah, is very you know, valuable, you yeah. know. Monica's aside, he was, uh, you know, he was nothing more than, than 
Real genuine, and man. Humble. And, yeah. Uh, he was a treat, man, to talk to. Yeah. Uh, even in, in the process of scheduling that to happen, he's been more than patient and, and uh, just professional. Nothing short of professional. So 100%. Uh, us here, uh, the KJS crew, we want to wish Leo Russ nothing but unlimited success in the uh, future. future. Now, and, and you know what I have to say? You heard it first. DWE, if you're listening, you know, there, there's an opening. You know what I'm saying? Leo Rush wants Patrick Clark. He, he wants does. him. He wants the Velveteen Dream. He likes him. To feel the rush. And he wants him. <laughs> and he needs him. And it's going to be the easy way or the hard way. Speaking of, uh, SmackDown was, was pretty Dude, awesome this week, too. first of all, I have to say, the New Day, I know they were New Orleans, but that was such a dope entrance, rolling out with the with the band. Yeah, man, real I mean, Nola style. Little spurts here and there, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe they're a little off. They got the earpieces in. I've seen that happen at, like, award shows or some of the, like, you know, their little offbeat, some of the singers or whatever. But, dude, as soon as they started getting into it, I'm sorry. Like, the, the, yeah, that was reminded, it was like the New Day's version of the Festival of Friendship to me. I, that That was... That was an awesome entrance. Yeah, it was well played by everybody that was uh, yeah. that was in that bid. I mean, it was funny too because I, I like that everyone had a had a New Day shirt, but there was that one guy who I think he had it cut off on the sides and wore it over him like Ryback used to wear his shirts, and he's like, and it's like. Because did you have to get the fit in? You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, like you liked your fit so much that you couldn't just take it off and wear a new, a free New Day shirt. You know exactly but, right. Was- but uh, you know, besides that, it was phenomenal. I like that. I like you know what they say. You know, uh, Usos doing an off, 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 off Broadway version of Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, which you know, I know a lot of those guys. That's been you know, we we we've been going to for tat about with the whole oh, their thug is now all yeah. of a sudden. I was like, I, but. That, much much the, to their delight, so I hope they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and I like how they came right back. And oh, uh, okay, drum line. I was like, oh, oh yeah, those guys been firing. You no, know, hey, it's yeah. funny because quick, quick it's winning. one of those things where you, uh, you wouldn't really know because when they were painted up Usos, they didn't have a lot of those moments because you're a face. You're not really supposed to like can't show you know, exchange insults and barbs like that. So they've been having some good freedom to to, to call people out on stuff. And you know, we already said like the week before the exchange between them and New Day when New Day first returned and they were just like, get him, Moose, get him, you yeah, know, and yeah. they got him, you they know did. what I'm saying? They called him out, you know what I'm saying? So which never happens to the New Day. Exactly. They never get one up like that. You know, they're usually don't doing the one up. Yeah, they're the ones that come Oh honey. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, exactly. And then so I it's been fun watching them. Uh, I mean, I hate I hate to be a dick like this, but I mean, even though one of the Usos almost uh, ate shit coming in. No, you know, he actually did not. I, I ran really? it back and watched it in slow-mo. It was just the way he came in and the way um, the camera switched. Because I thought okay. that too, and I was like, ooh. That, I thought that, maybe that's why they switched. I thought that I thought maybe they, they saw like, oh, shit. You know, he just took a giant. I mean, and, uh, this is all schematic. Too much grease in the hair. Yeah. Grease. <laughs> Oh no! I was gonna say too. I love when they came out. Oh, your, your day uh, yeah. one is not so H. It should there's be a, G. There's been a crack for in the case, Uggos. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, yeah. It, Book of Dango. They they've been good. The clones weren't too bad. Um, yeah, no, you know, I, honestly, probably the best I've heard them on the mic yeah. in the ring without you know? trying to sell us a timeshare. Exactly. Uh, and without Titus like, on the red cops, them. you know. You know, they had small, simple barbs, but enough to, uh, you know, to. to to, to be relevant in the conversation in terms of, you know, because I didn't know they were going to have an eight-man tag, but that eight-man tag was pretty good, too, You man. know, and that's the thing is I know we've been talking about how sometimes they've been, like, SmackDown has run this, I don't say it's run this course, but it's getting a little bit like, okay, so multiple man this, multiple woman match yeah, this. Yeah, it does like, seem to be the will. So now it's like a, it's like almost like the newfound, like, Teddy Long, holla, 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 multiple yeah. man type match thing, but... 
you know, to open to open the uh, the show with this match. This match was great. Um, everyone had. I, th- I felt like nobody outshined uh, the other. I thought it was a very well planned. Uh, I mean, with everybody involved, everyone's kind of like vets, and, and you know they know what they need to do. So I enjoyed that match very, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, very much. And I don't know if we've seen New Day in a match just yet. Uh, I might be wrong, but it was uh, it was really cool to just to see. You know, you used to one of the smaller guys in Xavier Kofi uh, being in there with Big E. So yeah. it was kind of cool to see Big E kind of be the ringside general this time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the smaller guys you know, get a chance to finesse and do things. Also, you had pointed out, too, uh, you know, them teaming with Tyler Breeze. I wasn't in the know about this. I guess no, Xavier yeah, I, and I, Tyler I, used to be attacking. I mean, Xavier, I knew because, you know, he, he – do the thing, do the thing, do the thing, and he does like the the tilt world. Uh, yeah, like, it was like a tilt world body splash or yeah, something. Yeah, and, and I very like if you hear him real quick, you know Xavier is known for these little one one liners on. Uh, you could hear the audio, so on camera or off camera, you could kind of hear him because he's always yelling. He's the loudest guy out there. He literally says, "Yeah, we used to tag in NXT," and I was like, "I got to check this out." <laughs> so, yeah, he's good for those, man. Yeah, it, it was a good match. Very entertaining. Uh, athletic wise, I mean, even the colognes look good. You know what I mean? It yeah. was, it was every like I said, everyone did their part. It, it was a great, great match. Um, from there, I think we had uh, was it Naomi and, and yeah, I mean, which was kind of it wasn't bad, uh, kind it, of a sleeper match. But yeah. you know, uh, what I liked though was the out of nowhere uh, split leg moonsault. I yeah. don't think we've seen that pulled out since she hurt herself. Uh, yeah, I can't remember, can't recall the exact. Um, what, was it Elimination Chamber? Oh, there you go. Yeah, when she first won the title, um, and I don't even think she got all of that moonsault, especially when no, someone both as small of them. as Alexa. Missed, yeah, Actually, was, if I remember, Alexa was trying to roll out the way or something. Yeah, right? It was it, some it, sort I of botched finish. Well, the first one she was supposed to roll out the way, and they didn't give it, as far as my assessment, they didn't give each other enough time for that to be so smooth. The second one she missed because Alexa was a little bit too far away, and you could see Alexa like midair or when Naomi's midair, you see Alexa kind of like try to Rush. shuffle her body a yeah. little bit over a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, this match was like, I, I liked seeing the match from a Naomi. I think I told you the, the other day, I actually admired uh, the champ that Naomi has become uh, on SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, you probably wouldn't have thought, you know, because everyone still kind of had that taste of the Funkadactyls in their mouth. Yeah. Um, her scratching and getting close, but not really being like an and actual then, serious. I think a move like the rear view isn't one that you could take someone seriously with. So it's yeah. cool to see that she's upped her moveset in Arsenal as well. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a little bit over the whole uh, Liu Kang bicycle kick kind of thing because, you know, no one. I mean, when it first happened, it was cool. But then it's like one of those things where like not everyone is selling it great or they, it looks kind of ridiculous. Like I why think, would you stand there and yeah, you know the next kick's coming? Not the best person. Yeah, that's the wall. That's literally the person I had in mind when I'm thinking. When I'm, as I'm saying this, but uh, but like I said, Naomi's really coming to her own. She's really comfortable. Um, I thought this match was good for her as far as uh, you know needing that little extra momentum. She didn't need it for because she's not in the Money in the Bank match, which that probably would have been cool. But you know we do get uh, Lana. At ringside, and she premieres her new move, which uh, I guess you were explaining to me during well, the break. I, I guess some people are viewing it as a bear hug, like sit out slam, or maybe like to you me, know, it it's looked definitely like, a variation of a sit out spine buster. I was going to say, it reminded me of the one that that Tommy Dreamer used to use. Where yeah, it was definitely. Like kind of a rock bot, like a uranagi into like a it's sit a out. Spine, yeah, sit out. But if you know, and I'll go back and watch it. But the reason I think it's kind of a hammerlock sit out spine buster is. It looked like she had uh, pinned Naomi's uh, arm behind her back. You oh, know, okay, and, that makes and sense. She she kind of threaded her hand behind her back to hold that in place, and um, 
But either way, yeah, that was very surprising. Obviously, the dress got in the way a little bit, but you know, that was a long, long gown, or not gown, but skirt she was wearing. Or if it is a hammerlock, and that's how it ends, that's actually pretty smart. You got you're taking out one arm for for the pin. Yeah, exactly. That's that's you know, hey, you know, uh, CJ. I mean, Lana was good. She and then you know. She had the blue dress on. She had the title in the air. It all looked good, you know, cosmetically and, and visually, you know. Oh, you know what else, too? I mean, we mentioned this earlier. We did get Zack Ryder returning, uh, which is cool, man, because I think it's awesome um, that Mojo did get the little burst of momentum he had yeah. uh, post-Mania after winning the trophy. But then you said it last week. He he kind of just didn't see where he, where he was at. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He had that whole thing. He told the story about Andre to the kids and – and he didn't really see him. You know, I don't know if he's been doing live events or what. He, he had the, I think la, I think it was last week he had the match against Jinder, to, you know, to get the opportunity to be uh, added to the Money in the Bank match, yeah. which I knew, I think we all knew wasn't going to be the deal. Um, but the last time we saw him before that actually was when he was in that, was it a Fatal 5-way or 6-way? Yeah, to become number one Yeah, to become the number one contender. So uh, that, I mean, as far as I remember, yeah, he hasn't been doing much from there. But you know what? And call me crazy. I think this is going to be a uh, start of a Zack Ryder heel turn. Um, really? And this is where I'm coming from. If you remember, the last thing that Zack Ryder did before he got hurt, he won them that uh, over-the-top battle royal. That was a number one contendership for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Yeah. He got hurt. They never got the cash in. I think at, at some certain point when the New Day and um fashion Uso. police and the usos yeah. are done you know doing their tit for tat i think some somewhere down the line i could see them bringing it up to shane trying to get their their fair because you know i mean first of all where the hell is daniel bryan i know i know he's at home being a dad i, I need to see daniel bryan i yeah. i have to see something because shane's not there every week so you know what i mean yeah but to your point i will say it is cool to see shane come yeah, out because i thought he was going to be on limited dates you know that's you actually know? true because before while Dan, daniel's there you wouldn't seen you weren't seeing a whole lot of shane either yeah. you know so um but yeah I, I could see them trying to you know bank you know cash in with their rightfully owed i could see maybe mojo being the cost of the lost and then zach Ryder just kind of like you man i've been you know i've been heard waiting for this opportunity and you're the reason you know i, I could see something yeah, especially if it's going to be in the theme of like just you know, Mojo's harping hard on this this loss. It, it really upset me, but you know, I'm gonna apply it to the next match, etc. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it could be the start of somewhat of a losing streak. You know, and so who knows? Maybe that could also strengthen. You know, that proposed uh, theory that you you just had. I, I mean, mean, who knows? I, I think he needs something. He needs he needs exactly. an injection. I mean, personally, I don't want to see it happen because I'm all we love tag team wrestling. Yeah. Hype Bros being added to the division is nothing short of amazing. You know, because you already got the Usos, the Fashion Police. Yeah, the uh, the New Day just returned. Clones, um, Ascension, Alpha, which I don't know what's going on with that. The Ascension, are, I mean, I think they have way more tag teams on SmackDown than, than they have on Raw. I mean, exactly. I wouldn't even be mad if, for however reason, how it happened, Zack Ryder ends up on Raw with uh, with uh, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, uh, you see, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, bringing back uh, what were the back at the Major Brothers or Major the Edgeheads? Yeah, uh, I didn't know. want to call them the Edgeheads because I knew there was something before. Yeah, the, the, okay. you know, Brian and Brian, Brian Major, and I forgot the other ones. Back in the day, but um, but you know, uh, speaking of teams, um, we did see a little backstage segment with uh, AJ Nakamura and uh, Sammy. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of people are not digging this style of Sammy that we're seeing. 
to me, whatever gets him on TV, gets him over, gets the crowd laughing, and gets the entertainment value, yes. he gets it done in the ring. That's no question. We have to invest in his character outside of him being an underdog. This is great. But you know, it's, it's reality, though. Yeah, if you I, listen you know, 100%. To any... I like how they're playing up to it. Yeah. You know, even AJ, like, pre preempting a, 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 a knock. It was just like, yeah, yeah uh, just... He's going to get a little bit excited. He gets excited about these matches, so just chill. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought exactly. that was hilarious. And if you heard any Kevin Owens um, podcast, mostly on Talk is Jericho, and Jericho has said it as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say you know, Jericho's definitely. They, it's one of those things where Sammy can be very eccentric. He's very passionate. I hear Bray Wyatt's the same way, where they are just going through a whole you know match, and he wants to, you know, he will propose as much as he can, and it's like we said, it's very much playing on the, the tip of reality of who they really are. Same thing with the Usos, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and it's been proven, especially in the attitude era that it, those are some of the best ways to go about producing great characters, great storylines, et cetera, on, you know, on TV or broadcast 100%. every week, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I, I, I love that. Just the whole, you know, yes, they don't want none. You know, we're wanting a high, <laughs> high five. five. No, we'll see the high five for the celebration, right? Shit? Yeah, 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 his excessive right? hand yeah. gestures, they get oh, me every dude, time. Yeah, the week before with the, when he's trying to do the whole Nakamura thing. That, that was awesome, man. And you know what? I was also going to bring up too was uh, how awesome. I already know. What's that? I already know. RKO. Yes. I don't know. I, I love you because I literally was just going to, that, that was going to be my, my transition. Oh my that. gosh. Like, man. speaking of awesome, that, I mean, okay, first of all, that, that, that RKO, it just spelled out positively canyon all over it. I'm sorry. I, I know I'm dated, <laughs> but you know, it, it definitely was a, a diamond cutter yeah. style version of the RKO, which was awesome. Yeah. Cause it's not many, he usually jumps right yeah, in front he, of yeah, his he, opponent he, he, and catches front him face midair. With him. Yeah. He doesn't have to like catch him and, and come from behind. I mean, the only, I think the last time we saw him do this was when he, he, uh, Kind of did it to Hulk Hogan. I was in the just gonna lot. say, yeah, yeah, right on top of the 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 trunk lid. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that's one of my favorite legend killer moments. That is one of my favorite. Arcades, obviously, but... you know him going against Taker, him going against Foley, yeah. all oh, great no, no, stuff. Yeah, the slams, but yeah, but that yeah, to yeah. Hogan, that was yeah, awesome. No, that was awesome. And, and the thing is, and I I know you know it's actually it's more split now. Now now that it's given some time, people settled settled in and digested it. I'm I'm not mad at all about the the gender thing. The one thing I have to say about him, I love the way that they're handling him. Yeah, you know, because Vince is actually really hands-on. Say it again? Vince is really hands-on with, uh, with everything. You know, for a guy that, you know, we, we go back and forth and say he's he's dated or he's out of touch, he's doing a very good job with yeah. gender. Like, I love how he's barely on the show, but he, when he does, he's just out there to talk. And, and the thing I love about gender, he doesn't even acknowledge the booze at all no. he talks through all of it like i love when you know he does the whole thing i'm gonna speak to my people in punjabi and then he talks and as the people are are cheering you know, booing you see the sing brothers they're just like no sh no shut up shut yeah, up the, the, he got that's why they're there i, I like the whole care. presentation i mean well yeah. I, I like when he won the title and they had a, a punjabi celebration yeah, i wasn't bad i was one of the i think maybe the few people that i really enjoyed that entire thing i, I mean, thought it wasn't it really, overly done like brought his character up to a certain magnitude of, I feel like this guy is royalty. I feel like this guy is a main event player. If someone just watched that day for the yeah. first time, not knowing three and B and the Rusev Enzo cast yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and the, and the Gronk stuff, if they just watched and tuned in that day, they, they would have thought, yeah, man, this guy's a big deal. hundred percent. And what I like is you talked about royalty. I love, and, and this is maybe an advantage now because we have, they, they, they use so many uh, digital led boards for their graphics. Now Yo, I love how yeah. when he walks out, 
there's an automatic red carpet for him to walk yeah. onto the ring. I thought that's genius. Yeah, I think they, they did it last last week first uh, in terms of premiering it. But yeah, yeah it, that's been a great addition to just the entire package that's going to yeah. be Jinder Mahal as World Heavyweight Champion. And I have to say, I mean, we've watched wrestling since 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 you know 92. what I mean, like at, yeah, at least like ninety one, and we've seen them come and go. We've seen the different guys, how they treat the the uh, the foreigner guys. It's bothered me because I know what they do, like why they do it, but they do it a certain way where it's like, okay, we've seen this before, you know, next. I don't Oslo's, care so much for it. The Sheiks. Yeah, the, exactly. Well, Sheik was a different. I mean, Umaga was a little bit different too, but still, it's yeah. always, they always got to be heels, super heels, and it's anti-American you, you know, American and anti-US, Muhammad Hassan, you know what I mean? Yeah. All this, but Who was Italian? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, Kid you know. from New Jersey. Who, he's a school teacher now. I feel bad for him, but uh, I digress. This is the first time I have not been bothered by this character, how they've been treating him. Because it is, it's a little bit like like last week. They had Randy hit the the promo and he's saying, "I'm gonna give him an old American style asshole." Yeah. And I'm like, "Dude, why'd you have to and say he, that?" Now he, and it's mean? kind of crazy because it's almost reversed. It's like, yeah, yeah, you kind of sound like an ass now. Well, dude, like the, uh, as uh, JBL, you know, they're saying, "Oh, JBL, uh, you know, uh, Randy's fighting for his family. He's fighting for his country." I'm like, actually, everything that you're saying. It's what gender's doing. Yeah. But he's a bad guy because of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was interesting take. A role reversal. Yeah. Yeah. But, but more on uh, Randy, I've been saying that I said it last week that, I mean, minus the whole American ass whooping thing, I've been enjoying this, this, uh, uh, new attitude uh, of Randy. Usually he drones on and has that kind of like these low talking, yeah. whatever. Yeah. He gets know, a lot of the same promos. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I enjoyed his promo last week, a little bit more intensity. I enjoyed it when he got interviewed by Renee. I thought it was short sweep, but straight to the point and great. Yeah. You know, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know what I mean? Uh, for Money in the Bank. And um, uh, before we get into our predictions with Money in the Bank, there were a few more matches. We did have Natalia and Charlotte. Never disappoint ever. Moonsault on point. Ever. That was just such usual. a good match, dude. I, I did. I dug the the tit for tat from last week, the powerbomb, or the two weeks ago, you know? Yeah. Because we, we yeah, that's how powerbomb that. was that, that powerbomb through the table was, was crazy. Oh, 100%. But then, yeah, she got her back this this week. Um, Actually, I was going to say, too, match, man. to that point, I'm sorry not to cut you off, but no, like with good. the powerbomb thing, there has been news circulating that they are advertising for six women to be in the money in the bank. Really? Yeah. And so I, I don't know what that means. I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of people are thinking maybe the loser of Naomi versus Lana will get get that spot. A lot it's of funny people you say that. think maybe they're going to bring someone in. I, I couldn't tell you. A lot of people would love to say it's Oscar, but there's just no way. No, not right now. You know, especially with, with you know, so... Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. But yeah, no, Charlotte versus Natalia, exactly to your point, never disappoints, not once ever. I think it's always great to see the flair name battle, the the heart name or Nightheart name, yeah. so to speak. You and, know, and we've the, seen them, you know, Charlotte heel, Natalia face. We've seen Charlotte face, Natalia heel. So it's, they they have a different kind. I mean, the whole screw job, you know, in Toronto that one. They 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 know what they're doing. But it's funny you say. Uh, you know, maybe the winner of uh, Lana or Naomi, because uh, JBL made it a point to say on SmackDown that Naomi was saying that, you know, uh, she's hyped for the the, the first woman's uh, uh, Money in the Bank match. And, you know, especially with everyone that's in there, that she's like, man, she wish she could be in there, but obviously she can't be in there. Yeah, she and she champ. actually said when yeah. it was announced that she, this the only reason she wishes she wasn't champ was to help be part of that yeah. history-making match. Exactly. You know? And, I mean, so who knows? I mean, they're... Well, I guess we'll have to see. You know what I mean? But um, uh, from there, we had another Fashion Files. Um, Low-key, they 
they're, they did what I said, but doing it segment wise, which I think less is more, uh, they have these weekly series now. And, yeah. um, the fans are really much into it. I, I actually quoted someone yesterday saying that Fashion Files is, quote, the best part of SmackDown right yeah, now. I, you know? I, yeah, we've both been saying, I, I think, right, is they, the, when they premiered the first one, when they were kind of mimicking Law and Order, I literally said, the best, you know, and it was a good SmackDown, but the best part of SmackDown, and this was like three, four weeks yeah. ago before they even got the title shot, was the fa- the Fashion Police segment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And uh, I even this, you know, just yesterday, I even, you know, I'm, I'm really big on on what they're doing. You know, I would like to see them come up with some sort of double team move. I put up this like Twitter poll. Hey, you got uh, a, you got quite a few people on there too. Yeah, I, you, I finally saw it, and I I was like, oh okay. Yeah, I see, uh, basically, if they had the double team move, what would be a suitable name? I think it was like either Fashion Faux Pas, Case Closed, Wardrobe Malfunction, or Worse for Wear. Yeah, personal favorites: Case Closed or war, Wardrobe Malfunction. Yeah, those are the two leaders you know? right there. Yeah. But um, it was pretty split, you know, on on that. But um, yeah, no, I mean th- those guys, uh, Fashion Files. Like you said, you know, you did say they should do something weekly or something on the network. Yeah, this is the next best thing, and uh, it just gets them on TV. I don't know if I like the switch between Law and Order to the Noir yeah. feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like it. But I want to see if they're going to keep it's bouncing around. Yeah. Like next will be Miami Vice. Yeah. or or Cops and that's why you know, I think I think that was like my I was like they, they could be like the Miami Vice of of the uh, WWE. But yeah. uh, one quick uh, side note: I don't know if you noticed. There was a picture of Sami Zayn. You know, he always has oh, different people yeah. on the wall, and it said generic. Needs it's, a mask. Yeah, needs a mask. I thought that was hilarious, yeah, dude. I was definitely. like, the, these guys, these, they know what they're doing. And then, all, you know, down to, like, the stick figures, uh, uh, you know, they're trying oh, to draw the people. <laughs> so, well, how, how funny is the, uh, you can hear me? Like, when they're, when oh, they're yeah. presumably talking in there. <laughs> and then I remember when they did it with the new day, they're like, I think they're doing that thing again. I don't know. Which, uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's, I, I love it, man. And uh, just like you said, yeah, they're. Basically, the Miami Vice, or as I said a couple of episodes ago, the Starsky and Hutch of uh, of, of this yeah, kind of kind, you know, kind of um, situation where you know they are the fashion police. They they are here to to bust you, you know, on anything uh, that, that that they deem is not fashionable yeah. or you know whatever. Book them, Dango. <laughs> like, but you know, it just shows like that. There's teams that may look like they're dead in the water, but if, with the proper. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, who, I would have never thought these two would would you know? I mean, we we were rooting for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then to see what they did, what they've done now, and aside from what they've been doing before, because they've been together for a while. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see maybe something. Obviously, they can't. It's not a cop thing, but I'd like to see a resurrection of the Ascension, man. Um, yeah, you know, among, and, among other things, and see what's up with American Alpha, like you said. I, I feel like a good way to do that, send them back down the, uh, to NXT. I haven't been watching the last couple of weeks. Have so them go against the Authors of Pain. Huh? Have them go against the Authors of Pain. Exactly, you know, because that's yeah. the thing is Nigel has been hammering in the fact that they are, quote-unquote, the most dominant tag team in NXT history is what he's been saying. And that was from when I watched the last takeover he had said that. Yeah. Um, and. The thing is, everyone knows the Ascension was. Did the? I mean, and I've always had this argument with uh, with McFly because McFly was very high on the Ascension when we yeah. first started uh, really getting NXT on the network and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. It, I always told him, yeah, they're the longest reigning, but they haven't beaten anybody. Like they're they're getting a lot of local talent. They're coming in here, et cetera. But it was all showcase their dominance, you know. But I think a really good way to showcase or not showcase, but to repackage them, have them come down, have a uh, have them go against AOP. At um, you know, one of the takeovers, and then use the appeal from that to bring them back up. You know, yeah. what I'm saying they don't even have to be the champions, but 
Honestly, NXT could use them right now. No, they, I, I think it would be great. And not to say that the the tag division is not good, but you know, you split up DIY. Tommaso's out on, uh, you know, he, he's out for a bit. We haven't seen our, uh, Johnny in a bit. Um, you know, so that's one tag team out. All we got really is AOP, Sanity, and um, Heavy Machinery. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bollywood boys aren't down there anymore. Um, you know, uh, there's not a whole lot. I mean, and, and again, I, mean? I haven't been watching, but I always I think it'd be awesome. You can get CN and uh, uh, No Way Jose somehow on the same page. They both like to party. I don't see it happening, but obviously No Way would have to turn heel. I don't see. Yeah, I was going to say face at all. He's so good at being a heel. You don't and, want him. But to. at the same time, No Way is so good at being a face. I mean, like, I, dude, I'd, I'd be lying to say that I'd be sitting up here, like, dude, at the. Your bachelor party weekend, I would have never sat there and thought I'd be standing up dancing with this fool when he first came out. I thought it would be, it, it, I thought it was gonna be like another, like, oh, it's, it's gonna be an Adam Rose situation. Yes, to go. And that song is infectious, man. No, it is. It very, and dude, he makes, he makes sure that everyone's with it. So, but, um, uh, last match, it was the, the, the six, six man. man. Yeah. But you know what, what I like too was that locker room. Oh, the, the, the little pep talk between yeah, Kevin. Between it, you know, it wasn't, and... I was gonna say, it wasn't a, a usual Kevin Owens backstage. Uh, I want to say sec- I mean, it was, but I mean, like it made sense. Yeah, it was logical. Um, not the, you know, it, it just wasn't the the proverbial like Kevin Owens ego driven. Yeah, you know what I mean. Especially when you got guys like Ziggler and Corbin in there too. How good know, did they look together? By the way, they when they were. I'm telling you, man. I've been saying this. Ziggler needs a diesel. Yeah, and Baron's a big enough guy to do it. I know that they beeped in the past when he first came on Raw. They're both heels now. They seem to kind of. I mean, they were in the same locker room. I mean, dude, you saw the. Co- I mean, he had the teal colored uh, tights on. So yeah, I mean, and it's not the first time he's done that. But it's like, I'll put it this way: if he comes out with a red one, you know, yeah, it's no question he's. Now, he's he comes out with trying one, to be a yeah, UK, but I, I, on it, it's over. Yeah, because they're both. <laughs> you know, I think Baron was voted the most rock and roll wrestler. Um, I yeah, think by Rolling Stone. Dolph obviously is a is a renowned like he loves all the glam rock. He, he loves yeah. kiss. Oh, he loves, yeah, he goes yeah. to all that, and he dresses like a rock star. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it makes sense in a sense. It, it definitely no, does. We did have six man, um, great match. I, you know, this now we all knew it was going to be cast involved. Yeah, you're going to get a great AJ knock and and yeah. Zayn on the same same team. Of course, oh, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, no, I, I loved it, man. Owens was awesome. I, I love how he came in very aggressive. Stomping, stomping, stomping. That's why I'm the champ. Love, I just love when he does no, that. He's, and, and he still gets flagged, but I'm like, dude, he's Kevin's doing what he does, man. He's here for a reason. And I mean, yeah, I wish he'd defend that title, though. At least if he's not, if he's going to wait till after Money in the Bank to have another pay per view match, yeah, he should I, I think the reason, have you know, that they, they, he hasn't defended it because he's been so caught up. You know, you know what they do. They always they get the six guys and they like interweave. Yeah. Everybody's either they're doing tag matches or they're going against one of the people. Prior, so you know, I, I think that's probably where they have their hands. Because to be honest, I don't really know. Besides the tag team match, the the women's title, the uh, world title, and the two uh, Money in the Bank matches, I don't know anything else that's that's you know uh, yeah, really slated, to be on. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of that, you know, you want to get into predi- predictions before we sign out here? Yeah, man, it's tough because you know, I put it like this. How about this? And I thought about this earlier. For the Money in the Bank, we'll do two guesses. One. As like I don't want to say like a six man or maybe like the the person that may you know if one of these two people says so we we get two you know we got a one third chance you know what I mean so two two out of six will relatively we don't know what's up with the women's title or women's money in the bank match yet so it could be an added uh, person so if you want we could just say a mystery person if you want to pick the mystery person but gotcha. 
I figure we could do two two picks. It's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, you know, because I, I definitely I get asked for the Elimination Chamber last time. So, yeah, because yeah. when I get asked for predictions, I always give two two things. It's either it's my who I would like to see win, yeah, and, and who, who would who is logically going yeah, to win exactly. storyline wise. Um, it, you know, or we can even do who we'd like to win in a dark horse or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm totally yeah. with that because honestly, you know, going into the men's, it's tough. Baron got quite the rub last week when yeah, he, he uh, end of day got the end of days on Nakamura of all yeah. people. You know, uh, obviously Nakamura gave him that receipt. And let me just say, by the way, side note: I am so sick and tired of commentators using backstage lingo on the air. Oh, like, um, I, I get it; it's a new age; it's the age of the internet. It, I get it, but it doesn't mean that you want to hear that. The you know what I'm saying? I've heard Lucha right. Underground do it a couple times as well. But I, I mean, um, Booker does it sometimes. It's, oh, that was a good spot right there. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Whoa. You know, it, it's like. You, you're not helping the cause, in my opinion. Anyway, that to the side now. Um, yeah, you know, everyone's kind of got a really good look, man. I mean, the fact that Sami Zayn got the pin, yeah. Um, I, was, I was surprised, you know, because you could have gave it to anybody in that ring. Dolph's been They're doing a good job building AJ. Huh? They're doing a really good job of building Sammy on that show. Yeah, right I now. think they've done a good job building everybody. Yeah, involved, yeah, yeah. Everyone you know as a whole. Saying? Yeah, going into this, everybody looks like they have a legit shot. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And it's because I think because Nakamura has beaten Kevin, you know, I think he's that's probably going to be coming up next for the U.S. title. No, I, I'm pretty sure that, that that's what like the as you said the scuttle the scuttlebutt. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I, even with Dolph Ziggler super kicking AJ in the back of the head. Yeah. Uh. I mean, because I thought it was him twice, but I forgot it was Kevin Owens did that to him at the. Uh, can't remember the pay per view that uh, Extreme Rules. Extreme, no, 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 no. no, no. That, that was a Raw pay per view. Uh, was it Backlash? Backlash. Yeah. So yeah, he got the super kick in the back of the head at Backlash from Kevin Owens, and they got the super kick in the back of the head on at SmackDown. Then they had that rematch again the week after, where uh, AJ. That was a great Styles Clash where he did the uh, he he oh, went yeah. for the. It was seemingly out of nowhere. It was almost. the jackknife pin, and then back like back flips back over and then pulls him up. And I was like, dude, this guy. This guy is forty. He's like phenomenal. he turned forty this year. Like that, that's that's that uh, DDP yoga, bro. Yeah, no, I that right there. That, that's a, that's a video testimonial right there. But I will say this: uh, it is tough to pick. Yeah, I've said in the in past uh, broadcasts of the show, it, it sounds like through the rumor mill, Rusev might be added. I have it on good authority. Rusev oh, has been cleared. Be added to the men. Yes, okay. to the money in the bank. Because I know well. he's cleared now. Yeah, he yeah, this week has been announced. He has been cleared. In ring, uh, uh, you know, onto activity, but in, in ring competition, Braun has also been cleared. I don't know if you heard about that. Really, Braun Strowman, yes. So um, he's just waiting to get woven back into the storylines. But no, Money in the Bank. Um, I'm gonna go with Dark Horse here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Baron Corbin. I think no one in the match needs it more. Than him, Dolph's been to the mountaintop before. He's going to be the proverbial, I've been here before. Jericho has played that card in the past, I think yeah. this time last year. Um, there's always somebody that has, that, that Kane has been in the money in the bank, you know, where he's the guy who's been to the mountaintop before. I don't think they're going to give it to Dolph. Um, but I'm going to say Baron Corbin and, you know, as much as I want to see Kevin be a double champ, just to see how interesting that could be, um, I, you know, stuff. I, it's it's. I'm stuck between Nakamura or Sami Zayn, um, and, and that's going back to what we said. And Sami Zayn is who I think I would like to see win. Yeah, but I think Nakamura is seems like the more storyline choice. But um, yeah, you know, I, 
scrap it. I'm gonna go Sami Zayn or Baron Corbin. Those are my. You know, uh, great points though, um, because when when you sit there and say knock, I mean it. That, that's a, a ongoing, continuous storyline for him wherever he goes. Whenever they decide for him, they want him to pull the trigger because you know his his uh, skills on the mic not so great. But when you have a briefcase, you don't need to say a damn thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. So the commentators say it for you. So I could see that. Um, I'm with you as far as who I think should have it. AJ's been to the mountaintop. Not the he hasn't been money in the bank, but boy, he had a great year already. Yeah. Tremendous great year. Knock, you know, again, the scuttlebutt's going to be him, the U.S. title. I don't think he's going to be carrying it. Uh, Kevin, I, it'd be great. I don't, again, he already has the U.S. title, so I think he's going to have his hands filled with, with Knock. Um, and which leaves just, you know, Baron and Sammy. Um, I'd have to agree with you, man. Um, Baron would, he already can talk. Some people think he's boring, whatever. He's great in the ring. I think that that uh, suitcase makes him extra dangerous. Whereas if, but if it's Sammy, Sammy definitely could use it. Do I see him as a future WWE champion? Yes. And the reason why is if it'd be perfect if he beats Jinder Mahal for it. Yeah. That'd be great. Full circle, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, and I mean, I hate to bring it up, but it's like just the cultural differences too. You know, yeah. he's Syrian Canadian versus you know uh, Punjabi. Yeah, he's Canadian too. A lot of you people know, don't know that. that. Yeah, so I, I think, and, and if WWE is looking to make money in that market, that'd be great. And um, but uh, yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Sami Zayn. Dark actually, my dark horse is going to be uh, no, I'm have to agree with you. Dark horse, Baron Corbin, who I want, Sami Zayn. I was going to say Dolph Ziggler, but. I'm not going to lie. I mean, AJ Dolph having it, looking pretty good lately. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I was going to say AJ having it is really cool too. Cause you already know, no matter what age, if AJ's around the title picture, it's just boost of ratings for that brand, you know? And so I wouldn't mind if he, he walked away with it too. It's just all about when you cash it in. And I think that's the hard part about these predictions is it's about a 90% accuracy rate that if you win the title or not win title, but win this win yeah. that suitcase, there's only been you're two, gonna, you're going to be a champion. Yeah. Know? There's only been two people that didn't, um, Anderson yeah. and, and Damian Sandow. Exactly, you know, which ironically Damian lost to Cena. On know? Raw, which was yeah, so. ridiculous. But um, yeah, you know, so I, I think it's tough to separate the who will win the suitcase, period. Not who will win the suitcase and become the champion because a lot of people don't see Sami Zayn as that kind of stock or, or you know, or, or Dolph or, you know. And the thing is, everyone else, you know, is they're all championship material. In my yeah, opinion, you know. So I mean, I, either way, it's gonna be a great match. Put into effect, uh, play to the fact that Cena is on his way back, quote unquote, free agent John Cena. So who knows what that what that means? But we didn't even if, we lost if Rusev over that. gets added, I could see. I wouldn't be mad if him and Lana. Yeah, you know, the same night. Yeah, I was talking to Brian Andrew about this. That it would to me them being a power couple in the sense of being the champions of their respective divisions. Because I almost feel like that's almost a sure thing. Like I almost feel like is Rusev gonna hurt somebody mm-hmm. to get inserted into this match? You know what I'm I saying? Is, if he's not gonna be number seven, have they done a, a seven man uh, a match yeah. before? Yeah, but I see title ladder match. You're yeah. saying at Mania, that's when you can have all that. And I don't. I'm not a big fan of odd number. No, it's you know, I mean, it is anything. kind of weird. It's like a little bit like one too many in, in cooks yeah, and cooks. Yeah, you always got one I mean. guy out. You know, you kind of saw it at the fatal uh, five way extreme rules. It's tough. Someone's always got to take a powder at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and especially when you got guys of those caliber, that caliber, you want nonstop action. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, it's tough. You know, but I agree with you. If Rusev can do it and and Lana could do it the same night, I I, I say Sammy Baron, Asterix. Rusev, if he does get implemented yeah. into, into the match, 
Um, now, as far as the women's money in the bank, uh, you know, I know, I know we gotta, we gotta kind of uh, get get going with these predictions, but I would have to say Charlotte. Uh, and as far as who I want to win, Becky. I mean, as far as who I think is going to win, it'll be Charlotte. But as far as who I want to win, oh, actually, let me rephrase that. I want Becky to win, but I actually want Natalia to win that much more. So uh, between Natalia and Charlotte, I think those are gonna, those between those two, I think that's yeah. I, I'm I'm right there with you because who else is it's uh, it's not going to be Tamina. It's like I mean, Carmella would be interesting, but not that Becky, interesting. That's it. She is owed a title shot. She's pinned Naomi twice. I don't that's know true. why I haven't followed up on that. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I think Becky, in terms of, I think Charlotte for sure is one of my picks. Um, you're talking about building, keep building onto her legacy. Alexis kind of got her beat a, a little bit in terms of being the only one that's done this or that, but she could be the first woman to hold the woman or the uh, the money in the bank. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so that's another accolade for yeah, the career of, of Charlotte. Makes sense. I'm not against it. Charlotte's probably the greatest thing that's happened to the division in a long time. So Charlotte's definitely one of my picks. As far as the other pick, I'm right there with you. I'm right between Natalia and Becky. Becky kind of needs that boost of momentum yeah. um, since being inaugural champ. I yeah. think her stock's gone up and down. Yeah, I was going to say. really hurting everyone right now, in my opinion. Her taking that, uh, being the one that took the, sh uh, the sharpshooter and tapped. Um, and, and that uh, welcome, welcoming was, party six yeah. man. Um, even though she was the one that was trying to incorporate the glue to hold everyone together, I think that really hurt her as well. It made sense, but very surprising. So I think Becky could use it, but I really want to see Natalia become women's champion I do. because I feel I like do. she's getting to the peak of her career. If not, she's going. She's already past it. But she's so great in the ring. You know, she's probably the oldest in the division at this point. She, I would not mind, especially with this level of competition, because when she was Divas champ, there wasn't really many people. And her, that, she yeah. had a different kind of talking style too. Yeah, yeah definitely. She's she a different character. More, yeah, different you can buy everything. more into her character now. But it's, yeah. but it's a different landscape now in terms of competition. True. There weren't a lot of people that, you know, yeah, she was Divas champion, but was she really beating a lot of people? There was probably maybe two or three people that were on her level. Now she's surrounded in a locker room with people who could arguably be. A uh, good nemesis for her, or, or a, a good uh, competitor yeah. for her. So I, I, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna say Charlotte or Natalia are my picks. Well, now as far as the tag team uh, championships, you think New Day is going over? You think the Uso is gonna keep? It's gonna be a great match. Yeah, sure. it is. That's, you know, that's, that's um, not a question. I don't think it. it's gonna be done. I think I think Usos will win, and it's going to it's gonna go to a multi team tag title match uh, at SummerSlam is my pick. So I'm going to say Usos are going to walk away with it. Uh, uh, our, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say the Usos too. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to say, I mean, only because New Day, like you said, they just came back. Uh, already got a little, pretty pretty good amount of momentum. Um, you know, a lot of people were sick of New Day when they were doing the Raw thing. Uh, you know, they were the tag champs for a whole year. Uh, you know, it, it, we needed the recharge of not seeing them and needing to miss them and like, oh yeah, this is why we, we like these guys. So, but uh, I think Usos are going to walk away with the win, and it's going to continue maybe to SummerSlam or whatever the situation is. Um, what do you think about the uh, women's title match? Uh, I, I'm going with Lana. I'm going to go. The thing is, it's like, it, it'd be a good look between her. You know, that's, To me, that's another asterisk as far as what, like the Rusev thing. I want to see Na Naomi, only because, again, like Lana hasn't done anything to deserve it. It'd be crazy to me that her first official match is on a pay-per-view winning the title. Uh, 
I would think if I was one of the women in the locker room, I'd be kind of pissed off at that too. Uh, but at the same time, she could win and get beat the same night by whoever cashes in. So yeah, you're, I didn't even think about that. You know, that that's what I feel. That's why I like Lana f- to be the victor. I think it's because there's been tons of um, uh, what's the word? Just uh, uh, I, I can't I can't think of the word. But but she's not giving her enough credit. Naomi's like you haven't even had a match. And I think it's great how they're doing it. Lana's coming out in these in these uh, evening gowns. You know what I'm yeah. saying? She's not even coming out in gear. I think it's one of those things where they're gearing her up to really astonish people, given her presentation, the way she comes out. I mean, I know she had ring. that multiple women tag match. Was it at uh, WrestleMania? Or they, they had something where it was like a bunch of, you know, like five on five. or five. Yeah, that was, like, I think, two years ago. It was, like, bad and blonde or something. Yeah, some I, I remember that. Yeah, it was a really wacky. She had, what, like, two seconds in the ring. Yeah, you know but I mean? I've so. seen footage of her at these live events, NXT events. She's been working. She's got a good uh, entrance as well. Obviously, she's got a good move. I think it's one of those things where they really are trying to pull the wool over people's eyes so that when she does come out, even if she doesn't win, you're going to be going, damn, I didn't even know she had that in her. Which is, which is good. I yeah. mean, you know. Uh, we need a surprise like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, that's what gets the interest going 100% and gets the people to start buying in slowly but surely. You know what I mean? It casts the line out, so to speak. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to have to go with Naomi. You're going with, with Lana. Well, you know, we'll see. Um, as far as world title match, gender retaining for sure. I see. Yeah, um, I believe. I, I think because it's, all, all, it's, it's in St. Louis. They're making the point that his dad's going to be there and there's going to be special people in the crowd, which they absolutely don't need. But, you know, his dad, fair enough. I, I, I'm i not mad at that fact. They don't need all these special guests to make it special because it's not that kind of a deal. But um, Randy, could he could stand to lose in his hometown. I mean, they, they do it to yeah. people all the time. Um, gender is just going to add more heat for him. Yeah. That, that you know, he and, and again, he can win and get beat the same night. So who yeah, knows? I feel like the amount of momentum that's been put into and the invested time to make him look like a main event player and to really feel like the title does not look misplaced on the shoulder of Jinder Mahal, I think to unplug it after a month reign is just stupid. You know, um, in this India market aside, I'm talking character development. It makes more sense to me that Jinder uh, retains the title. I'm going to pick Jinder as well on that one. All right, well, I mean, you heard it here, the Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones Show. We had, uh, again, a thank you to Leo Rush, who was on the show. Um, you know, check out our sponsors, uh, you know, Strong Style, Russell Hub, as well as United 909. Uh, more information on the Summer Rising event is going to be online, so follow us at the Quincy Jones Show on Instagram, Quincy Jones Show on uh, the Twitter, and as well as the Quincy Jones Show on uh, Facebook. You could also uh, add uh, Rival Pro Wrestling uh, everywhere that we just said. Um, look us up, man. We got some stuff going on August 26th. Uh, other than that, man, uh, I am Quincy Jones. Go. And I am the incomparable hip-hop hybrid Doc Lesnar. There you go. Salute and Godspeed to Bray Wyatt for uh, being a hero for uh, all of us nerds here. And, uh, yeah, man, that's the show. Yeah, that's it, man. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.